is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Hello, welcome to episode 233 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined as always by me, Simon Wynn Stanley, and I've got a couple of giraffe nicks here with me today. Mark Hansen, how are you doing? Oh, very well, thank you very much. Very, very well. Watching the uh, watching the Saints in the, in the side eye, I believe. Football's still on? Uh, yeah, not not that Saints, the other Saints. The uh, <laughs> Southampton Saints. The Southampton Saints. And uh, Ketz, back from the front lines, how are you doing, sir? Hello, all good. How is everybody? Very good, very good. Good to have you here. You may notice no Gavin. Mm. So this happens now and again, right? I, f- I think this happened in the tight end episode last season. Yes, this seems to seems to be skiing week for Gavin when we when we do tight ends. Oh, he is skiing. I thought you know I thought he was skiing. I thought you said well, that, but then I couldn't remember. Technically snowboarding. Oh well, he would, wouldn't he? Because he, he's too cool, too cool <laughs> to ski. <laughs> anyway, uh, when Gav is away, you know the kids shall play. And uh, what does that mean? I don't know quite what that means, but um, <laughs> we'll we find out see. over the next two yeah. hours. Yeah. If the pre-show is is anything to go by, we could be in for uh, quite a strange episode. But but I'm here for it, and I'm in, I'm in quite a good mood today, guys, because I feel like I've spent the entire I've just had like a really bad week. It's just kind of sucked. I don't know. Like I've just been kind of down. It's just been a lot. Like and I've been stressing myself out, and like part of the stress was like doing all this work for the tight ends and doing the draft stuff. And like, uh, what, uh, and then today I just was like, why am I stressing about this? Like, this this is supposed to be fun. Do you know what I mean? This this isn't the thing that I need to be stressing about. I can stress about all the other stuff. I, I'm just talking to you two guys. So, and then as soon as I did that, the pressure was off. I actually did way more. So, uh, you know, it's just you, you just get in your own head. So, everyone, just a, a message to the listener: relax. Absolutely. <laughs> don't get too stressed. It's very easy to get stressed in this day and age about things you know that don't deserve it or, de- or aren't worthy of being stressed about. Don't do it. Exactly. Anyway. Just be stressed about the things that are worth it. <laughs> Everything else. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that said, you two, uh, I believe, have probably got a lot deeper than me on the tight end. But I think I've got some good thoughts on at least the, the, the top of this class, which might extend to the sixth round, depending on the way you look at it. But before we get to all that, uh, let's get through our housekeeping. Follow uh, the show on Patreon at UK Steelers Podcast uh, at patreon.com. No, wait, what's that? Oh, damn, do you know what? I deleted oh, the URL yeah. at the document. Anyway, you delete the URL at the document, you think you can remember it, you totally goose yourself. Uh, UK Steelers podcast on Patreon, I'm sure you can find it. Um, as our show producers probably did, um, the effing knackered Jason Bowdler, Rob Ferguson, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Dave Hart, Glenn Jones, Matt Audley, Joel Spencer, Steve Williams, Ian Ferruja, Christian Robb, Thomas Fielding, Joel Pearson, Christopher Anderson, Philip Williams, Laura Casey, and the roguishly handsome Lee Matthews. Thanks to our wonderful producers. Wow, that was... Do you know, I I wish I hadn't even referenced it, because I think listeners would have been fooled by that. (laughs) I don't think so in the slightest, but... (laughs) Regular listeners will will remember uh, that when Gav relieves, on the rare occasion that he does, uh, we often forget to get the sound drops from him that he exclusively controls, uh, including the Red Star drop, the Sleeper drop, and the Trumpets. So, uh, well, good job though, Mac, and, and I'm sure we'll hear from Ketz later in the show. Well, Ketz did the uh, trumpets uh, there. That was that was Ketz. Oh, was it really? It was, yeah. yeah. Oh wow, that was so seamless between you two. What great teamwork! Wow. There you go. Just that's professionalism. What, that, that's just great delegation, isn't Ketz? I think. Mm, exactly. 
Well, we, we, we need to think of some delegation here because obviously we don't have the Red Star and Sleeper Sound Drops. So, Ketz, you did the Sleeper Sound Drop in the Titan uh, class last year, whereas Mike did the now infamous Red Star Drop, um, where he sounded like he had just been punched in the Never Regions. <laughs> so, where uh, do you want to take the Sleeper again, Ketz, or do you want to mix it up and have the Red Star this year? I'm going to go Red Star this year. Okay, you take the Red Star, I'll take the Sleeper. That sounds good. All right. Nice. Sounds like the name of a strange porn DVD, but... <laughs> you take the red star. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk some news, shall we? Yeah. Audio right, get that horn, babe. Let's dance. All right, let's go. Dealers on three. One, two, three. Dealers. Hey, fellas, you know what happened since we last spoke? A lot. The, su- the super bowel. The super bowl. It did, Yes. Feels like forever ago now, because <laughs> timely as ever as we are. Um, but what, I mean, what did you all think of it? Uh, fixed or not? Uh, was it all uh, some kind of uh, psyop by the Taylor Swift fandom? What happened here? Why did the Chiefs win? Uh, I'm, I'm just glad it was an all right game in the end, because for a moment there, it looked like it was going to be a bit of a shocker. But, yeah, the first uh, quarter. Uh, yeah. do, do you know what though? Because I was watching with a couple of people. Obviously, I was saying like this is a low-scoring game at the half, but it, it was a good game. I mean, there was like a lot of good offensive plays. The defenses were also kind of dominant in the first half. Like it wasn't a bad game. I yeah, I, I felt the defenses were really, um, really strong in this one um, for the, for the most part. Trent McDuffie, what a game! What a game mm, he had! Absolutely, yeah, yeah, definite kind of outside shout for MVP um, outside of Mahomes, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was fine. It was it was a fine game. I didn't think much of the halftime show. I thought Usher was a bit meh. But uh, I, I, yeah. I, I gotta be honest, I thought he pulled it back because because I think we were all sat there for the first half of that thinking, oh, this is this is a bit. I, you know, nobody was that excited about Usher, were they? Really? Let's be honest. Mm, <laughs> Come on, you know, it yeah. wasn't like recent years. It wasn't the Snoop Dogg uh, Fifty Cent Eminem one. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I thought by the end of it, he actually kind of pulled it out. I thought he, he went all in. It was kind of a bit weird, the roller skates and stuff, but you know, there was a lot to it. I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. Ludacris saved it. I think good old Luda. Yeah. Well, whenever you can get some of the Fast and Furious cast up on the stage, that, that that's the key. Did you know that was Will I Am in the goggles as well? I had no idea at I, the time. I was, yeah, I was told at the time. I, I didn't know whether I believed it though. Yeah. But I guess it was. Okay. It was, yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, if you, if you bet on Will I Am to be a guest performer, then you get paid out on that one. Yeah, I feel bad for Purdy. I think that's really what I've come away from this one with. I mean, it's just such a narrative, you know. It would have. Can you imagine what winning a Super Bowl for him in this early stage would have meant for his career? You, you just don't know that you're going to be back there again, uh, you know. And I, ho- I hope he is, but it, it sucks because you know he didn't have a bad game either. You know, didn't kill him with mistakes. They, they were in it, you know. It just felt very unfortunate. And we don't even have the overtime rules to point out and blame this time. Did I see a stat somewhere that every quarterback who has lost their Super Bowl debut has never won the Super Bowl? Wow. I think I saw... So, I, that might, I might be wrong with that. I'm, I think I saw that somewhere. That's that, very interesting. That sounds familiar. And I think we've got a kebab prop bet on Joe Burrow winning a Super Bowl oh in the next God. five years. So, <laughs> the uh, infamous kebab bowl, but the, the one that I'm pretty sure I did not mean to make. <laughs> I'm almost certain that I was arguing on the opposite side of this kebab. But I've been told by Mike that he's listened back and that, that it did happen. I don't know. It doesn't sound like something I would say. I think the now infamous at UKSP Kebabs Twitter account has time-stamped it for your uh, ease of reference. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. I should say for anyone that doesn't know, that was for Joe Burrow to win the Super Bowl, right? And 
I would have to buy Mike a sandwich if he doesn't win a Super Bowl in his first sandwich. What was it? oh, so, oh <clears throat> a kebab for legal reasons? It's a kebab. It is. <laughs> um, March March twenty twenty six. So uh, oh come on, this is for you. Silly. You owe Mike a kebab. Uh, oh, well, actually, it's just a pint. You owe Mike a pint. <laughs> no, that sounds more like for a kebab. You owe Mike a pint if Joe Burrow hasn't won a Super Bowl by then. Right. Well, we'll, we'll see about that. Mm. I, I, I'll be going back to listen to that episode before any pint gets purchased. I'd say that. I assumed you would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Anything? Else? I mean, the Super Bowl. I guess it's the biggest event of the year, but it's not really what this podcast is here to talk about, is it? I don't know. I, it, it was one of them. Yeah, I, this, I, po- I, this podcast will never talk about a Super Bowl properly. What are you talking about? <laughs> This is it's a draft already, show. It's already <laughs> what, week four of the draft by the time we do the yeah, Super Bowl. Exactly, yeah. 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 We don't want to make the playoffs. It's just too difficult for us time wise. God, it would be, yeah. It'd be ridiculous. Yeah, I don't have time for the playoffs. Let's, let's the not Super make Bowl. any playoffs, please. Yeah. yeah, that's ridiculous. Should we talk about the NFL Awards a little bit? Oh, do we have to? Well, <laughs> yeah. I think we do. Let's start with the good news. Cam Hayward wins Walter Payton Man of the Year at last. Yes. I mean, how many years has he been nominated for that? Award? Six now, I think, was it? <laughs> Jeez. Um, so good for him, man. I was very pleased about that. I wasn't pleased about the NFL Network just deciding to get, you know, the moment where, I don't know if you watch this, but the moment that they get all the, the Walter Payton, Payton nominees up on the stage, they like come out of the floor or they come out of the side. I can't remember what happened, but no, sorry. It was the um, the Hall of Fame that came out the floor, but they all get on the, the stage and it was a nice moment. And then it just cuts to a commercial. And, and I'm assuming that while that commercial was on, they announced that Cam would won and then he came up and did a speech, but I wouldn't know because I'm just sat there watching commercials. Uh, can we not organise the awards around the commercials, guys? Like, what is this? Commercials come first. Very, very amateurish, I thought, the entire thing. I, I know it was the first year doing it through NFL Network and stuff, but, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, the Oscars is bad, but this was, this was a disgrace. TJ Watt... Snubbed. I mean, we expected it. I don't think anyone expected that TJ was going to win it, but it was actually kind of closer than I thought it was going to be. The vote, uh, only three votes in it between him and the Dino Boy, and one of and one of those was Sam Monson. I so, did not yeah. realize he got a vote. And yeah, that didn't I know. Count. It's, it's God. It's beggar's belief, frankly. I, I I don't know what's going on with the AP and and who who's. I, I did see the entire list. Obviously, I don't recognize every name, but. I did see that um, Mark Caboli, obviously uh, a beat writer in Pittsburgh for The Athletic, was kind of complaining, or, or not complaining, but just making the point that, you know, there used to be a lot of local writers in the AP. There used to be two in, in every um, local area for, for the different teams, and that that isn't the case anymore. And you've got a, a lot more national guys like your Sam Monsons and whoever else. And, I, you know, I know we've got a bit of a, a, bit of a beef with PFF, but it, I mean... Can we have a guy who's so clearly biased voting on this? Come on. There's just no seriousness to it, is it? It's ridiculous. I don't know. How much airtime can you even give it? It's complete garbage. I think we've given it too much already. Yeah, you're probably right. Did the Browns fans annoy me? As much as the fans of a pathetic franchise that's never done anything good, I suppose. So congratulations. Uh, they also got the Pity Coach of the Year Award. Bizarre. When the Texans are in the, uh, the league. Hmm. So felt like people were clambering over themselves as usual to give the Browns uh, plaudits this year, and, and their old man quarterback beat out a man who literally died on the field for coming. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I, I must say I kind of didn't mind because <laughs> <laughs> Joe Flacco. I mean, 
what was that? That was like the most bizarre thing that happened last year. Was that more bizarre than Damar Hamlin being resurrected? I don't know. Kind of felt like it was. I think Joe. I think Joe Flacco's career was deader than Damar Hamlin ever was. <laughs> oh dear. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Naji also won Angry uh, Run of the Year, the Cal Brandt Award. So which he you, got the... which you know he loved. He loves that. (laughs) I'm sure he was a big fan. Uh, And also, did you see the best part of the unfortunate Garrett Award was just Naji completely undermining it with the (laughs) what? Look, like the camera cut to him as soon as it was announced. Like Garrett stood up and it cut to Naji and he just looked at it and went, the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) That was good camera work. That was smart to cut to Naji in that moment. (laughs) <laughs> I should say, actually, before we move on off this, what what did you all think of uh, the the way TJ handled this? Because this has attracted a lot of attention, right, in the ire of Browns fans. Really, the only people talking about it, obviously, but but some people, you know, making the case that he's, you know, it's a bad sport, a bad look not being there. Obviously, he puts out the Instagram post saying that he was skipping school or whatever he was saying. You know, a little joke. I mean, to me, the guy has been robbed of his second defensive player of the year award. He should be on three, as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't have gone. No, I don't blame him whatsoever. Yeah, and it's just fuel to the fire. So he's just going to have to go out and get the most sacks yet again and show yet again why he should be DPOI every single year. Yeah, get that pass rush win rate up, TJ. Not good enough, bro. Yeah, Alex Highsmith is showing you up. That's what I loved about it this week. Sorry, the last thing I'll say on it. Was the way that the the logical like um, leaps that Browns fans were taking on Twitter were, were almost like defeating each other's arguments. It, <laughs> it was like, well, yeah, but uh, look at the pass rush run rate, and then it was like, and, and Alex Highsmith had a higher pass rush run rate than, than TJ Watt, and it's like, so should he have got more votes than TJ Watt? Is that the argument? No, no one made any sense for the entire week. It was, well, did, it was... did you, nobody ran themselves around more than Michael Parsons did trying to explain why it oh, was a bit Miles Garrett. That was ridiculous. Jesus. Has anyone ever? Is that, that I tell you what that is? A La Reveal Magnifico is what that is. That <laughs> dude, he's great at football, but he ain't got that much between the ears. Let me tell you that. Okay. <laughs> strange that so much of these kind of surrounding the sideshow of the season seems to have revolved around the AFC North you know that's best league in the division uh, best division in the league so it really goes to show that it does right even even you know forget the quality of the teams even completely it just feels like and maybe this is a Steelers fan perspective I don't know but like all these awards and so many narratives and storylines and the rivalries it all just seems to stem out of this division all the time it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's always though, it's always those four rascals in the AFC North. It's one of them. Like last year, I feel like the Bengals fans riled you up quite a lot, Simon. And then this yep. year, I feel like the Browns fans have had a go. Just, I agree. Yeah. Like this, a Browns podcast tweeted either oh. me or at us. QBs ditched the ball so fast against the Browns, the defense never had a chance to get sacks. It's why we led in <laughs> three and outs. Like what? <laughs> Oh, we can't get sacks. Oh, this is just like some of the like reaches for takes. Which mental yeah. gymnastics is just that's yeah. that's what I was trying to say about mental. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. insane. When the, our defense was so good, we actually couldn't compile any stats. <laughs> yeah, when the, when the rest of your defense is successful, you have less opportunities to pad stats. To which I replied, well, when your defense is successful, you've got a better opportunity to rush the passer. When your secondary prevents a QB taking an easy first field read. He holds the ball longer. When your linebackers are covering players, your quarterback holds the ball. It's 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 all one thing. A defense is one system. 
And then I tried to point out that we had no linebacker core this year and it was basically some, by the end of it, it was just random guys off the sofa that, oh, do you fancy a three-week contract? Yeah, I'll play in the NFL for three weeks. Why not? You know. And TJ was still getting sacks, whereas Garrett disappeared for seven weeks on his holidays early. Well, that's exactly... I mean, has there ever been a less impressive Defensive Player of the Year winner, let's be honest? But that's the other thing, right? Is then they, they you say you make the argument, Kets, and then immediately it's uh, oh, uh, but the uh, the double teams and, and the triple teams, as if TJ Watt's not being double teamed, as if TJ as as if other teams are arriving at Pittsburgh and saying TJ Watt, nah, we'll just leave him free, fine, no problem. We're not concerned about game planning for that guy. It, it's and, it's unreal. <laughs> and, and then there was the the well, what constitutes a double team? Does that mean two men have to be trying to prevent you at the same time, or can it be you get held slash chipped, and then another guy then comes in? Then you've got to beat the tackle after that, after you've been held already. It's like just delusional. People just <laughs> making stuff up and using Browns that fans, as the narrative. Browns fans completely alien to the idea that these two men don't play the same position. Yeah, <laughs> cannot comprehend it. <laughs> all they can do is count the sacks and then they don't add up to the right amount so they make up weird reasons why that makes sense. Anyway, we've got to move on from this. We can't possibly talk about it any longer. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ravens fans are complaining about that one guy who stopped Lamar from getting unanimous MVP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. MVP comes out of this division. Uh, angry run of the year, coach of the year, defensive player of the year, Walter Payman manager. Do you know what I mean? It just, <laughs> we're just the main characters of the NFL, I think. There you oh. go. There's your Raven drop. Nice. Okay, uh, then CMC was oh boy, good for him. I think that's the right call. Uh, yeah. Will Anderson, D. Roy. I don't hate fine. that. Yeah, I've, I'm I gonna... think Carter was in really shout, but I think overall, and Anderson's back half of this uh, season was really, really good. So I'm yeah. going to keep banging the table for Kobe Turner, who I think had an absurdly good yeah. season that no one's talking about. But yeah, that is what it is. He came third, which you know, to be honest, good for him. I'm happy that he did. Uh, CJ Stroud or Roy, I still kind of feel like it's, you can argue it, but I still feel hard done by for Puka Nakua not winning. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. I, I, I always feel like you should have just invented a, you know, like a just unbelievable record breaking, but unfortunately was here at the same time as a great quarterback award. I could honestly see Puka in the next couple of years winning offensive player of the year. He, yeah. He's that good. I think he can maintain this. There should be a sleeper of the year award. So someone that's like rounds four to seven that just comes out of nowhere and just plays really well. They should have that as an award. Yeah, that's a good idea. Sleeper of the year, yeah. And they could play our little sound drop and have a submarine on the trophy. <laughs> hey, they're paying through the nose if they're using our sound drop. Maybe that's what we should do at the end of each season, you know, is like a, a draft class awards of our own. Hmm, let's, let's workshop that next year. Uh... Okay, I th- but but in on the whole, I thought the awards were kind of chalky, a little bit boring. You know, let's throw some spanners in the word next year, I think. All right, on to the real Steelers stuff. Steelers release Chucks, Chucks Okorafor, uh, Presley Harvin third, and Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Steelers Depot tells us that this means the dead money produced from those three contract terminations uh, for the 2024 season is $7,716,000 which means the Steelers will have a current dead money of just over $8 million. As far as I'm concerned, these were probably all expected moves. Maybe you could argue PH3 was a little bit on the borderline, but I think we expected him to be moved on. Uh, Trubisky, for sure. Sorry, go on, Matt. 
Oh, no, I was going to say, I, I think it's um, they're all expected. I think it's just the timing, I think, has kind of thrown us off a little bit because we're not, I don't think we're really used to the Steelers just getting on with business straight away, you know, straight after the Super Bowl's done. Um, you know, there's arguments to be made for people of, oh, could we have tried to get some trade value out of any of these guys? I don't think so. I, don't, I, I think it was just writings on the wall. Let's get you gone. Let's get you out of here. Let's take the dead money. Let's, you know, all part for all parties involved. Let's just move on. Yeah, I, I think the only like, you definitely get nothing for Harvin or Trubisky. I think the only argument is that you could have maybe got a late round pick swap for Chucks if you'd have played him a little bit more in this season. But I think whatever mm. happened there was a bad look, and teams probably don't don't quite understand what that was about. And let's be honest, he wasn't putting up great tape even before he was benched. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you, Mac. I don't think there was a great deal there to be to be gained. Um, but does this mean that the Steelers are, as you say, trying to make moves early this season? Now, I don't know about you guys, but this this week I have seen us supposedly as the you know the DraftKings sportsbook favourites to sign uh, Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Justin Fields, right in Tannehill. All of them have been Steelers quarterbacks <laughs> this week at some point. Mm. It's yeah, just been like QB a rotating gonna, circle. QB room's going to be mental next year. Like, he's gonna, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And Spencer Rattler's going to win it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, of those guys, do any of those names, A, intrigue you, or B, you know, put you off? Well, is out of that quarterback uh, group that you've said? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cousins, uh, Fields, uh, Wilson, it's, Tannehill. It's, it's difficult. Like, I really like Justin Fields, but... It he he's got such a weird contract situation with you know his his fifth year coming out and there's you know there's money to be had there and you know if you if you get him in he's gonna he's he's almost gonna have to be your starter for two years it feels like mm-hmm. you kind of tied to oh, him yeah. a little bit but you know that could be a good thing because he could he, I I do think he has the potential to be really really good that that's a tough one cousins is a tough one that I'm sort of leaning towards. I'd rather not because it's a fair bit of money for a guy who was injured for most last year and is, is mm. quite, you know, he's aging. Tannehill's not that, I mean, he's a bit bland as a prospect, but I mean, it might be a nice guy to partner up with Kenny. If you get Tannehill in, I think Pickett's your starter for sure. Yeah. With any of the other guys, it's, I, I'm putting Russell Wilson off the table. I don't think we're going to go for Russ whatsoever. I don't think that's a that's a done deal whatsoever. That would that would be a silly move. I think. Yeah, it's it's tough. I, I out of any of them, I would want Fields, but I also think Fields is one of the least likely out of the bunch. You I think, think T- Tannehill is possibly the most likely out of those lot. What do you think, Kaz? Yeah, just looking through the the list, I think Kirk Cousins, if he can stay healthy, he's probably the best option. I feel that that's based as much on the the quarterback uh, Netflix program as much as anything else. He seems like a, <laughs> a guy that I, could come in and do a job. But uh, I can't forgive him for the Thatcher quote. I'm I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the worst thing ever. It sucks so hard. <laughs> More sorry, so than his dancing at the honors. <laughs> I didn't mind that. Just just putting out there, Josh Dobbs and Easton sticker available though. Apparently, 
unrestricted free agent. <laughs> Josh Dobbs back. Wow, what what a circle he's had this year. Now that would be comeback player of the year. Come back to the Steelers <laughs> and, <laughs> and do a job. They can finally use him how Gav wanted. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, looking at those names, there's, there's no reason why you don't take two lottery tickets in the draft and, and see what you end up with. Well, I mean, first of all, I've got when I saw the Tannehill connection, I was like oh, banging my head against the table. Like, no, let's just not even go there. I've got no interest in that whatsoever. Cousins, I, do you know, I've been critical of Cousins in the past. I actually think with the roster that we have, mm. it'd almost be worth a year with Cousins just to see if he could get you over the hill because he has I, got I, that kind of quality. But the I injury, feel like he he gives a chance for TJ Watt and That's Cam Hayward I mean, to, to win, win a ring. Super Bowl, right? Exactly. So I can see some logic in that one, but again, the injury is, is was severe and was late, and and is you know I mean that that's a little bit touch and go for the guy who I think is like thirty six at this point, right? Yeah, and what's yeah. that money going to be? Because he's not. Yeah. I don't right. think he's going to be cheap. No, I, w- I would not imagine so. We we'll have to no. see what his market is, I suppose. Yeah. Wilson, I'm not really that interested in from a football perspective, but I just kind of think it would be cool. You know, that, that that's my one that's a bit like Marge holding the potato. I just think it's neat, you know? He's the I just least think it would be cool. neat. He's the least <laughs> cool human being on the planet. I know, but you oh. know I love that Seahawks team, so just to be a little... It'd be like having Michael Vick, right, for that year. You, <laughs> you know you know exactly what's going to happen, though. That first interview is just going to be, Steelers Nation, here we go. Yeah, no, what, was, what would he say? What would he say? Like, no, that's what he'd say. He'd have to go for the. He goes for like, the catchphrase. Yeah. What do you? Yeah, but what I'm thinking, what would the catchphrase be? Like, what, what do you do to steal, for example? Right? You like, like hit it, right? Like, you, like hammer. Ignorance now. Your hammers. Yeah, like, steal. Uh, oh, yeah, right. like Steelers Nation. Hammer time. But not not nearly that aggressive. His his little weird no, no. way of doing it. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, listeners, if you've got a better um, Steelers related Russell Wilson catchphrase that you could use, let us know. <laughs> I want to hear some of those. Um, no, but as I say, the one that interests me really, and I've been on this train for a few weeks now, is Fields, and and it would depend on the compensation. I, it really seems that now, based on what I'm seeing on Twitter and you know the general takes from this show, that I'm a lot higher on this than other people. Hmm. I I've I've seen it varying from some reports on Twitter talking about the the Bears want three first round picks for Fields, which is way too rich. I yep. would not be anywhere near interested at in that. But then I've seen some people suggesting it would be a second round pick, the Steelers' second round pick, and a late round pick. To which I would be saying I would bite their hands off. I would take that trade yesterday. I'm sure that the truth is somewhere in the middle of those two things. But if it could be done, if it could be done in a reasonable way. And you really felt he was the guy. I would be over the moon about it, to be honest. I, I, I understand the problems with the the contract and where we are in his career three years in. I don't know, man. He shows a way more progression to me in, in the back end of this season than we saw out of Kenny Pickett, and I think he's got way more potential still. So, so I'd be really intrigued. But I think ultimately the most likely thing is Kenny Pickett starts again. To be honest. Hmm. I, yeah, I think that's possibly the most realistic world we live in. Is that yeah. Pickett will be uh, will be starting week one? I, I heard comments. Up. Yeah, I heard comments that the Trubisky being got rid of so quickly was to try and get Mason a contract. Which is I could see, well, he, I could see that. he did come out this week, right, and say that he was looking forward to a fresh start. He did. Yeah, that's the other the other angle of it. And that that sounds like a man who is. 
you know, he understands how he performed at the end of the season and, and a lot of eyes were on him as, as the, the Steelers made a playoff run or a run for the playoffs, I should say. And I think he knows that he's got an opportunity and this is probably his only opportunity now to 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 make a push to be that kind of like high-end backup that, that it, it, where he can kind of pick and choose his opportunity, you know? Where I don't go? think... Well, I don't know. I don't know what opportunities out there for a backup, but I, I don't see anyone really pursuing him as a starter. Maybe, maybe he gets a gig as like a competition for a draft pick or something. You know, you'd have thought so. Maybe it, maybe a Raiders. Maybe he lands on the Raiders or something. Well, they need they need all the help now, don't they? Yeah, with uh, might have been a Jimmy G. So yeah, yeah, a couple of games suspension for Jimmy G. And he's been released, hasn't he? I believe. Oh, has he been released? Oh, I, okay. think, I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well. Hey, no Connell season. Let's do it. <laughs> you don't need to draft anyone, Las Vegas. Just keep your boy AOC. Last Steelers related thing. Uh, you mentioned uh, this just before the show, Mark, was uh, Chad Reuters article for NFL saying that the Steelers ranking the uh, all of the rookie classes from 2023, saying the Steelers had the second best rookie class. Uh, Texans were first, right? They were. They were. Yep. I think that's probably fair, considering they get they got O'Poy, uh, O'Roy, and D'Roy in the same year, just like the Jets the, the year before. Above the Rams is pretty impressive, I think. Yeah, very. Well, I mean, this is... it, it's actually I would say probably wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the this is the thing. You know, it just so happens that the uh, the year that the Steelers draft falls exactly the way the podcast wants to is the year that the Steelers have the second best draft. In the NFL, according according to uh, the NFL themselves, so I just think it heightens the uh, you know it adds credence to what we're doing here in the draft circle. I think you know we we just got our finger on the pulse. That's all. <laughs> take, that, take that NFL scouts. What do you know? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. It was a very good year uh, for us draft wise last year but but i still do think i mean that is a little bit generous right i mean the, the rams had a, a generational wide receiver and a defensive tackle who did something no rookie defensive tackle ever does uh i like our draft class too don't get me wrong but uh, i think an argument could be made there yeah possibly i mean yeah the, the rams do i mean even had davis allen as well he was my sleeper tight end last year and he he started to come on a little bit at the end of the season as well so yeah i mean they 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 had a really really strong draft the Lions have got an argument as well, to be honest. They were fourth, I, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Where were the Rams? Uh, Rams are third. Okay, fair yeah. enough. So I suppose those are the teams, really, that you're thinking about. Yeah. yeah. All right. I just wanted to mention quickly, for anyone that hasn't seen, Apple TV today released The Dynasty, uh, which is a documentary series, you know, an inside look at the Patriots dynasty. It's got Robert Kraft. It's got, I think, I believe it's got Belichick. It's got Brady. So I feel like that's going to be interesting viewing. It's probably going to wind me up, I'd, you know, no end, I imagine. But <laughs> I think that'll be fun for some of you. Uh, so check that out. And then the last thing before we get into the tight end class, uh, Mark, is the sevens results much awaited. Uh, I imagine I've made a grand comeback and won. Uh, well, I'll go through the uh, I'll go through the table now. Big shout out, first of all, to everybody who participated. Thank you very much um, for, for those who participated this season. Have a total of 18 people. Uh, getting involved throughout the season it's been absolutely fantastic hopefully we'll get even more next season um, which will be a ton more work for me but it's uh, absolutely absolutely worth it um, I think it's been uh, a great great first expansion of the season after you know three years of 
of playing it with just a few people. So um, I'll go through the table from uh, bottom to top. So um, obviously Garrison didn't play every week, so Garrison finished bottom uh, on 170 points. Um, of the people who did play every week, sorry, Ian, you were second from bottom, uh, 241 points. Uh, David, the Bears fan, 249. Joint 14th uh, was Tom and Ketz, uh, 251 points. Bit of a drop-off there for Ooh, Ketz. the sour taste of defeat. That's fine. In, I knew it was coming. <laughs> in, uh, in, joint, uh, in joint 12th uh, was uh, Chris and Lee. Uh, 11th, Mr. Simon Winstanley with 258 points. Late season waiting issue. <laughs> It's funny the fact you've got 18 points and 16 points in the last two weeks. Well, exactly. That's part of the waiting issue. 10th <laughs> <laughs> was Ben. Um, and then we had three people in joint 7th. Uh, Ashley, my uh, best mate and Ravens fan. Uh, and Gavin Mike, all on 263 points. Oh, can't be separated, Gavin Mike. Okay. Yeah, Mike's going to be livid. Yeah, alphabetically, Mike is now yeah. the way you've yeah. ordered that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, that is absolutely a perfect way to finish <laughs> with Mike uh, finishing uh, bottom alphabetically. That is superb. I'm, I'm sure next year his name will be A-A-A-A Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so Mark C, Mark Colling, was um, sick for 272 points. Uh, Laurie ended up fifth. Uh, with 277. After Good effort, Laurie. I, I, you yeah, almost yeah. had it there before the playoffs. People's champion. Rob Ferguson, fourth, uh, with 278. Just pipping Laurie there. And then into the top three, myself in third with 281. Mm. Couldn't do enough. That championship now, week. Now, if you, if you were fixing a, a competition, would you put yourself <laughs> about third? I think that's where I'd probably put myself. <laughs> Yeah, he's more subtle than Gavin. Gavin right. would put himself first. Of so course. I think Mark putting himself third is about right. Yeah, he's he's calculated like that. <sighs> that or I'm just good, you know. But uh, <laughs> there you go. You're not good enough, are you? According not good to enough. No. Not, not, uh, not any better than uh, second place Alistair uh, with 289 points, the Falcons fan. Um, and... Does a lot of great stats for Gridiron Server. He's done that over the years. Um, so yeah, big big thank you to Alistair for oh, all the work. Shout out. Yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. Uh, did, was it Alistair who Enjoyed did that. the uh, the time? The, the table was uh, actually Mark uh, Mark Colling. Okay, uh, was it Mark or Tom? I think it was Mark. Yeah, um, that was cool. Apologies if I shouted out the wrong person. But our big winner with two hundred and ninety nine points, just one shy of the uh, of three hundred, is Orclave, Steve Williams. Oh, yeah, we don't have the uh, trumpets to it. Trumpet. So what a bad yeah. time not to have the trumpets. Oh, no. a... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Good God. No one deserves that. But, uh, yeah, massive congratulations to uh, to Steve. Um, really fought back towards the end of the season with some really good points. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be uh, receiving the first ever Gridiron Sevens trophy in the post very wow. shortly. Wow. Bravo, Steve. Congratulations. Well earned. Although I must admit, he swooped it out of nowhere. I literally didn't even know he was in competition for the first place of this game. Uh, so he, he had a great back end. His last six weeks were absolutely superb. Last eight weeks, you could say, were superb. Mm. Um, so, yeah. That, that's kind of when I fell off. There's something going on there. I don't know what it is, but there's something. There's, some, there's something there for you, isn't there? Steve's tapped into to my, I don't know. This, he's a smart guy. I think he's come up with something. He's, he's like, he's hypnotized me somehow. Maybe this is what that, that you know, you know, he's been sending in the uh, cryptic clues. Maybe he's been like doing some kind of subtle suggestion with me, making me pick the wrong things and making me give up what my picks would have been. Maybe. So you am, think... I, am I clicking at straws here, Kets? What do you think? 
You think he subliminally influenced you in some random way using just pure black and white text? Well, what's more likely, Kate? That's happened or that I've just not won this competition? I'll let you think about that. Oh, definitely the former. <laughs> There's no way you can have won this competition. Exactly. Time, be Thank you. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Right, Steve, congratulations. <laughs> and send, on, a picture Steve. Of you, send a picture of your trophy and I'm excited to see this. We need to get a trophy for the kebab ball. I am going to do that. I wish I hadn't said I'm going to do that because now I will have to do it. But we... Mark, I'll speak to you after the show. You can give me some some help. Yes. Okay. There, uh, there was one more thing I wanted to do that kind of led into our draft um, thing, if that's all right, because um, the Absolutely. combine invites uh, were were announced mm. the other day. Um, so we got yeah, was it three hundred and twenty odd people who have been invited? And I heard something that was I thought was quite funny, although a little bit sad about it. Because um, people were talking about who's been snubbed from the uh, mm. from the combine. Mm. There's, there's some interesting names out there um, that, that haven't made it, but um, I thought this was absolutely brilliant. So at UCLA, um, there are a pair of identical twins oh. called Grayson and Gabriel Murphy, um, both defensive linemen. Yeah, both obviously grew up together. Both at UCLA. Um, both went to, I think the Shrine Bowl or the Senior Bowl. I can't remember one of the two. Yeah, absolutely identical in every way. Gabriel's going to the Combine. Grayson is not. <laughs> How? No. <laughs> no, no. I'm very interested in this now. I don't. This is fascinating. Do, are they like similar levels of talent? Are they identical in that? Like, are they, do they have the same athletic profile? I think so. Like, I, I mean, this is this is the thing. Someone's uh, tongue-in-cheek argument was that you only need to send one, you and you'll know what you get with the other. <laughs> <laughs> you can save the space. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, ju- I just thought that was fascinating. The fact that you would take one of them, who yeah, I, 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 from the looks of it, I think they're fairly similar. Like, I love the idea crazy. of taking. I like the idea of taking these guys, right? And I don't know what the uh, jersey number rules are now, but if you get these guys both on the same D line. And you give like one a sixty six and one a ninety nine, or like something something that looks like a little bit confusing, and just you just totally throw the refs off. Yeah, I don't know. You you know you're just throwing them out there. You got twelve men on the field. You can't tell. There's like they're giving each other piggybacks. Matt, you can get up to all sorts with these two. I tell I tell you what, if this was if this was a year that we really needed edge because they're they're edge rushers, you could absolutely see Tomlin getting both of these guys, couldn't you? <laughs> That is such a Steelers move. Yeah, absolutely a Steelers move to get have both of these boys on the on the roster. Wow, the pincer movie. What what were the names of these guys? Uh, Gabriel and Grayson Murphy. All right, the the Murphy pincer move. I like that. Interestingly, like that. another linebacker from UCLA got uh, got an invite. I don't know if he's uh, an inside linebacker rather than outside, but that's it's pretty harsh if that is the case. God, yeah, Grayson, and apparently Grayson Murphy was the better one at the Shrine Bowl. I'm, I'm reading it, so maybe they just invited the wrong one. I don't believe that anybody at the Shrine Bowl knew which one was which. <laughs> All right, uh, should we get into these tight ends then? Or anything else in the combine, Matt? Sorry. No, no. I mean, yeah, there was just a few bits and bobs here, but yeah, every, everyone. I think most of everyone that we expected to go is uh, is going by the looks of it. So should be good. All right, let's jump into this tight end class then. Bit of a weird one on the whole, right? We've very much got uh, a class that's led by one name, and then it's uh, just a very... Uh, I mean, I know we kind of said this about the running back class, right? Was it the, which class did we say this about already? Running, running back, back was the yeah. weird one, yeah. 
Yeah, but but this one's kind of even stranger because it's it's just one guy and then just an absolute sea of guys. But but I must say, as I started to get through, and I've not gone as deep as you guys, so maybe you've got a different feel on it. But I started to like some of the the the, the further down names, like the guys that are coming up after Bowers here, as the, as the top guy we'll talk about here in a minute. I so, enjoyed this class better than last week's for right, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you Weird think? It's overall. Yeah, I, I quite like it. I think we all we'd all heard Bauer's name before this, so I, I think it's important to let the listeners behind the curtain a little bit. We all watched a number of tight ends, or certainly Mark and I did. I don't know about you, Sai, but we watched a number of tight ends, and then we watched Bauer's. And I watched one snap of Bauer's, and I text <laughs> Mark, and I said, I've watched one snap, I can see the difference. Yeah, yeah. So, there, there is a clear difference um, in, in terms of the way he plays and the way that the rest do. But I agree, there is a number of decent tight ends, different roles, some some sort of more blocking guys. There's a lot of kind of quasi uh, sort of almost wide receivers, but more sort of slot zone weapon kind of wide receivers in there, sort of big body contested catch over the middle kind of guys. You've got your sort of more traditional you know, what you'd expect out of a tight end. And then you've got the guys that can't block, but are kind of athletic freaks and really good route runners mm. and good technicians. So there's a bit of something for everybody, I think. It's it's an interesting class. Yeah, I, th- I think it could be a year that you see a few deep sleepers make a, make a start, because if you're looking for a tight end, you're probably not going to end up getting one super high unless you get one of the big name guys, of which I would say, you know, in the, in the first couple of days, you maybe got two. And then... You know, as you get into the later rounds, I think you, you might end up seeing some some interesting names here that, that make an impact, and we'll see how it goes. But should we, should we start? I mean, that's a nice segue into Brock Bowers. Then, if we want to start there, I think it makes sense. Um, yeah. Brock Bowers, uh, out of Georgia, six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds is what I've got him down as. Coincidentally, I saw a video this week talking about Donald Trump. That that's the exact same measurements as Donald Trump. Now he's six very foot different. Four. Well, apparently, or, or six foot three, six foot four, I think, two forty pounds. So, so it was like basically the that's the comp. <laughs> but obviously, uh, Brock Bowers is built <laughs> in a significantly different way. Uh, <laughs> just goes to show BMI doesn't mean everything. Yeah, as you say, Kets, I think you're very right in in what you say. You you can tell. I didn't watch Bowers uh, after a bunch of other guys as you guys did. I, I jumped right into Bowers first. But but you you can tell. I mean, there's a not to say that there's not other guys in the class that can move like Bowers or you know you know. But but he has a, a very different uh, feel for the field. You immediately notice that he's kind of big bodied and well built. He's got good muscle distribution. He feels kind of noticeably more imposing than say uh, guys like Kincaid or Pitts or these guys that have gone high in recent years in the first round. But I think he's a little bit more felt, right? A little bit less of just a receiver and a little bit more of a, a kind of a well-rounded tight end, but he's got plus movement skills like those guys, plus receiving skills like those guys. So I think what you're going to see here is a bit of a, a blend of a guy who's a re, you know a really plus athlete, a really solid pass catcher, and a guy who can do a little bit of everything at a very high level. And I've heard some people talking about him as being like the number two. In fact, I think Steel City, Tom has said that he he's his number two prospect in this class as a whole. 
So I, and I can understand it. I mean, you saw how hyped people got about Kyle Pitts. You saw like the hype we got about Kincaid um, last year. People love a tight end who can do a little bit of everything and is is a really dangerous weapon uh, in the passing game. And, and and that's what Brock Bowers is, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with a lot of that. He's definitely got the kind of receiver speed, um, but he's got the physicality. He's an athletic freak. He drags guys with him. He's sort of almost carrying people. When I talk about receiver speed, um, that's both out of the backfield and to a certain extent in, in open field as well. It can be past the line of scrimmage before the linebackers and defense have even reacted to it. Good release. Yeah, his usage is incredibly interesting. So there's, there's tight end sweeps, motions. You've got to find a way, and I think Georgia did this really well, to be fair to them. Get the ball in his hands and let him use his various abilities to to make plays essentially there's there's times when he was used as a on a third and two versus Auburn as a kind of quasi running back fullback it could have been sort of either of the two some really interesting uses on on tape if you go and watch one tight end this week go and watch Bowers and just see what the hype is about um I watched the South Carolina game I watched the Auburn game and within like I said within one snap it's immediately noticeable I want to talk about his blocking ability Mm mm-hmm his blocking ability is immediately noticeable compared to most of the peers in this class. There's a couple of like pure blocking guys in this class, but Bowers can do um, a bit of everything. What I noticed as well, he blocks at multiple levels. So he's got the athleticism to either block on the line of scrimmage or can get out to the second level, use kind of football IQ. He not only blocks, but he blocks in a way that moves the the defender away from where he wants them to go. So he moves them in order to create a gap at the second level. And I think he's very, very effective at doing that. I think he's got football IQ, his use of leverage. He really understands that he can pancake a guy if he needs to. But the way he manoeuvres opponents, I think, is is a really elite trait. And I don't, I, I think that's probably been talked about to a certain extent. But that was certainly the thing I really noticed consistently on his tape. Mark? I mean, you you said you you look to the you watch the Auburn game, that one handed catch in that, in that game. Oh my god, that was filthy, wasn't it? Utterly, utterly filthy. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a little something here. So last well last week, two weeks ago, I think it was. I was under the assumption that we were going to do wide receivers after running backs. So I started watching a little bit of the wide receiver class before I found out that we were doing tight ends. So I shifted gears. So in watching the wide receiver class, I did end up watching Marvin Harrison because that's, uh, you know, you start with Marvin Harrison. He's the big name of of the whole thing. And then obviously, yeah, moved over to tight ends. And as Ketz rightly said, I saved Brock Bowers till last because I thought, right, he's clearly the guy in this. So let's watch everybody else first and then we can watch Brock Bowers kind of compare. I'm, I'm going to say this now and I think it will be maybe a semi-spoiler for the wide receiver episode as well. I was way more excited watching Brock Bowers than I was Marvin Harrison Jr. Ooh, Holy wow. hell, I loved watching Brock Bowers and I don't care how boring it is. He's my red star. And he's my red star as well. Do the drop. Red star. Yeah. Uh, 
How's that for professionalism from a red star? No, I mean this this two could just do it all, man. Utterly unbelievable. Like incredibly sharp feet, brilliant speed for a guy of you know his his fairly big size. Um, you said about his blockage on all levels, just so so good. Um, the way he's able to break tackles downfield with his straight is, is just superb. The way he lines up, like running up, at, lining up at running back at times and bursting through just to. Just to get these, he's, he's just a first down magnet as well. He, he's just able to yeah. get those short yardages with such ease. Like, it's just unbelievable. The, literally, the only couple of knocks that I sort of had on him was I, there could be some better separation um, from him. I, I felt that sometimes when he's he's going across the middle of the field, he isn't, he isn't separating as well as he probably could and might get beaten on some of those occasions. And sometimes the, the hands aren't always, you know, they're probably. 85 to 90 percent there in terms of in terms of it but you know it is noticeable when he's, he's not catching some of them but I mean other than that oh my god I, this dude's just unreal I like if, if he was put in last year's tight end class which is a really strong tight end class I would argue he would still be the number one tight end out of that class he has just got something really really special about him and I am very very excited to see him at the next level he looks NFL ready already you can tell when you watch a guy and he's just like, yeah, this this dude's ready for the NFL. This dude's been ready for the NFL for some time now. Uh, it's just every single bit of tape I watched, every single thing I watched on him is just, it's, it's just utterly superb. So, so high on the dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd agree with that. I'd, I would have my one knock just to put this kind of on the table. So, it, so it's out there. Physicality and open field when he's mm. on the run. Now, this guy did get, I think it was 70% or, or 70 to 80% of his receiving yards were after the catch. However, I think, I know, Mike, you said about breaking tackles consistently. I don't think he does that. I think he's a guy that he goes down on the first tackle a good percentage of the time on the tape that I watched. Now, admittedly, by the time he gets tackled, he's normally gained 10 yards already, but I'm just putting a little kind of a little question mark on it in terms of, especially at the next level when the tackling is going to be better. He's going to be great at the next level, but I think he, some of the time, I don't think he's going to break tackles consistently. So I, well, I mean, that, that sort of marries up more to my kind of concerns about his separation, I guess. Um, I think it was just okay. some bits I was seeing on tape that I, I felt like he was, he was breaking through some of those tackles quite well, but yeah, maybe, maybe he, it wasn't as consistent as I thought it might be. He is, he is second in missed tackles forced in the country, but to get his point, he does also have a lot of uh, opportunities on the ball. So oh. that's not necessarily to say that he's like you know a consistent missed tackle. But but I would say I'm probably slightly more in your camp. But I think what it is, Kets, is that he's he's a guy that it's unusual for a tight end, right? But he's a guy that mm. really is trying to use his athleticism to escape rather than his power. But what yeah. I like is that he's got a bit of both in his, in his truck, you know, in his in his tool bag. I tell Sorry, you the the big difference maker for me when he uses his leg drive, that's when he gets his yards after. If he's being tackled but his legs are pumping, you can't bring him down. I feel like when he's not fully, yeah, kind of committed in terms of his his leg drive going forwards, that's yeah. when people can bring him down. Yeah, needs a bit of momentum. Yeah, because he's got so much of it, right? I mean, the the speed. I don't think we've even really sort of stressed it enough. Is 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 wildly impressive for a guy of his size. Yeah. He there's the there's that catch that I, I think I just wrote it down when I was watching the uh, the 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 thingy the, the highlight tape of him on YouTube. 
in, like, he, uh, who was it? Georgia Tech. He catches the ball in between three dudes. And you can see like how surprised the defenders are when half a second later he's like found the seam between the three of them and he's away. And uh, <laughs> you can kind of sense that all of them were like, wait a minute, we thought we had him like easily wrapped up in a triangle between us, but he's gone, like he's behind us. Because he has like this great acceleration for a guy with, with you know, the thickness that he has to just kind of get away. And, and, and that is game breaking. Just to go back to the blocking, I just wanted to mention, just maybe to play devil's advocate, because it's not so much my point, but just more something that I'd been I'd seen knocking around, because I won't pretend to, to say that I can uh, critique Brock Bowers' blocking. But some people have suggested that the size might be a slight concern there, that he's just ever so slightly undersized to be a consistent in-line blocker, being sort of a 6'3 to 6'4 rather than a, a 250-pounder. But to me, that's, you know, I, I think he's got sufficient strength to, to, to play a, a kind of a, a, a jack of all trades role there where he's really a pass catcher. He's an offensive weapon, but I think he's got plenty enough in the tank to, to be a run blocker as well. I think the key here, you said just to go back on a final point, Matt, you said that you think he would be the, the number one tight end uh, in last year's class, obviously a great tight end class. That would of course be true because uh, he's better than Kincaid, but he's not better than Sam Laporta. <laughs> the key though, is that Bowers, I think he'll step right in. I think he'll be a total mismatch nightmare. Forget like Kyle Pitts' usage, because I know that he's burned a lot of people. I think whoever takes this guy should be ensuring that he's used often, early, ample. They should be making the most of the size, speed, power advantage that he's going to offer. But for all of that, I cannot red star him, because I am not as excited as I was about Sam Laporta. <laughs> well, you can't red star Sam Laporta this time. You, you, you don't, you've, you've missed that boat, I'm afraid. My no, we're not, we're, listen, we're not rehashing this. We all know where Sam Laporta resides, and it's in my stable. Just to go to that Tom. Fine. Just to go to Tom, because uh, I've kind of separated up uh, Steel City's thoughts this week, because I don't know, it just kind of made sense the way he wrote it. Uh, he says, tight, tight end one has to be Brock Bowers. Uh, if I did a top 50 draftees, Bowers would come second only to Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh. Right, Mark. <laughs> it's <As> a... <laughs> oh, he, so, so this is kind of coming to, to what I was saying there. So as a blocking tight end, he's average at best, he says. But as a playmaker, he's elite. Looking at the draft order, Harbaugh needs to take him at five. Him yep. and Herbert could be the new Mahomes and Kelsey. Yes, 100%. 100% agree with him there. The Chargers have got to be the ones to take him yeah, up the top there. It makes too much sense, man. I don't care yeah. about the um, positional value of tight ends. Oh, no, that, I feel like that's all that. It defies that, that is out the window. That's out the window. With tight end usage in recent years, as far as, and we've seen what happened with Pitts and with Kincaid and Laporta. No, we can be taking tight ends wherever we want, as far as I'm concerned. They're receivers. They're offensive weapons. And just, just for yeah. completeness, otherwise Gavin will shout at me from somewhere in southern, where is he, France or wherever? I don't know. Somewhere yeah, in the wherever Alps. posh people go in their oldies. Yeah. What are we in terms of grade? Uh, I'm going to come right off the top and say I'm plus two to go along with my red star. Yep, plus two for me as well. Super. Plus two on the number two prospect in the class or whatever. <laughs> priority. He's a priority. Fair enough. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have a plus one. I'm not going to get carried away. Can you imagine partnering like... back up with Darnell? Oh, my days. <laughs> I, I learned from Rich on this podcast that if, if the guy's the guy... Then he's the yeah, guy. You know yeah, what that I mean? is, that's so. fair. That's fair enough. And, and you know, sometimes the guy's the guy and sometimes the guy is Sam Laporte. All right. Who wants I to go next? A, I see a narrative running thickly <laughs> through this podcast. <laughs> go on, Sorry. Mark. 
Oh, I thought Sai wanted to go with Sam Laporta next and just rehash yeah. the other. <laughs> um, well, I guess the, I guess the next guy up then, um, you have to kind of go a little fair way up the uh, consensus, but you do eventually land on Jatavian Sanders out of Texas. Mm. Um, so yeah, Jatavian Sanders, six foot three, two hundred and fifty-two. I have him down, uh, junior at Texas. Let's see what we we got here for him. Only three games in 2021, but then played uh, 12 games, 49 catches for 577 yards, uh, averaged 11.8 yards catch, uh, five touchdowns uh, in 2022, uh, QB rating of 119.3 when targeted, which is uh, very good. 2023, 13 games, 39 catches, 607 yards, 15.6 yards per catch, two touchdowns. Um, another impressive uh, QB when uh, QB target when rated. Um, when targeted, um, did surrender three sacks um, this past year um, in, in his blocking. And I do think that is where Sanders falls down a little bit in terms of his game. Um, I, I do think he's very little, if no help at all, in the, in the blocking game. Um, I was a bit uh, a bit concerned about that. About that, I was also a bit concerned about his ball security. Um, I think there was mm. some some issues in regards to yeah his ball security overall. He's a young dude. He's I mean he's about the same age as Bowers, but uh, I do think he's he's someone who it's it's harsh to say he doesn't feel as mature as Bowers. I it I, I don't necessarily think that's the case, but I do think it's a guy who is young and can you I have mean, time to develop. So in in his game, is fair to say. Yeah, I think I mean, yeah, quite right yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's probably more what I meant. But um, yeah, I mean, otherwise, like he's he's a proper athlete. This dude. I mean, he's he's got a, yeah. he's got a decent stride. Um, I think his catch radius is really nice. Um, his footwork can get a bit shifty. He's got a bit of a wiggle. I think to bring back the wiggle. Um, Ooh. we haven't got the sound drop this week. I think in terms of his, uh, I think where he's going to be uh, kind of a positive thing is his yards after catch. Um, I think he can make some very big, very vital plays um, with it, with his feet and uh, his movement. So, yeah, I I liked him, but I wasn't like overly. He was the first tight end I watched because I, I literally went, you know, skip Bowers for now and let's go from Sanders down. So he was the first guy I watched. And I, yeah, I was I was a little bit underwhelmed for a guy who was like fifty five on the consensus board, I think, or something like that. I think yeah, he he's right. He's, yeah, yeah it's about a late round two. But overall, I can I can sort of see the upside with him. I can, he's definitely he's not your blocking guy, but he's definitely a guy who can make you some some nice plays with with his hands. So yeah, he's he's not terrible, but I wasn't blown away. Yeah, uh, what, what did you have his uh, numbers down as again? His height and weight again? Sorry. Well, I had it as six three two five two. Okay, yeah. So that was yeah. So that was what I had originally. I've just gone to PFF because I was like, man, this guy doesn't look that big, does he? Hmm. Two four three is what PFF has. Man, that seems more accurate. Yeah, it does. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's even smaller. Sorry, Kets, what you say? I've I've got two four three as well. I've okay. got six six four two four three. Yeah. Okay. So he's somewhere around there. He's, he is a tall dude, but he, he look, he's got like that thinner, you know, the thinner athletic body shape of a tight end. Yeah. You know, if if you know he's Kincaid, if uh, Brock Bowers is Laporte, you know, imagine those body shapes. So you know, it's it's a very different prospect, as you say. Not not going to be you, you kind of blocking inline guy. I don't think. He, 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 but he was a consensus five star at high school. You know, he's very athletic. He played both sides of the ball until his sophomore year. He's 
I think yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't think you underrated him, but I just think you weren't that excited about him. But but I think that he's got lovely natural hands. He seems to be able to like catch the ball with very little effort and be on to his next movies. You know you know how we often criticize guys. It's like oh he didn't catch that because he already had his head turned around and he was ready to make his like first juke. He wasn't thinking about the catch. I feel like that this guy like does that, but it, it's fine because he just he kind of catches it anyway. He's like ready oh. to move. Um, he's a good separator, runs like very solid routes, boxes out defenders well, manufactures space, um, high points the ball. I think he could be a catch point dominator. Um, not that he's like the strongest tight end in the class, but I think if you, you know, the way that you can move upfield, if he's attacking deep up the seam, I think he could be a great threat up the seam. Um, really nice quick release, long strides, great straight line speed. I think he's a great mover for a tight end, but but he is still, considering that he's one of these kind of more athletic guys, I still find him to be a little bit lumbering when moving laterally, when changing direction, when slowing down, starting again. I don't think he's going to make a ton of guys miss. I actually think Bowers is better in that regard, which is kind of odd when you consider the kind of the styles of player that they are. But he does, you know, he has some tasty moves in his back pocket to pick up a few extra yards now and again. I don't think he's impressively strong for a tight end. You know, you do see him try and lower the shoulder now and again, but he, he doesn't really win this way. I think, he, you know, he, he, it's weird because he's a yak guy with speed, but I just don't think he's got, like, the moves or the strength to really, you know, kind of break tackles, right, as we were just talking about with Bowers. So I end up kind of finding him to be a little bit of, like, a tweener, like a, a guy who's, like, you know, primarily going to be a pass catching tight end. Really, that's all he's going to offer. Which may be well, you know, exactly what a team wants, but but I don't think it's the Steelers. Uh, you know, I think a guy with this level of athleticism will probably end up rising. I think he'll go mid round two, maybe early round two, even as as kind of draft inflation kicks in with him being the second tight end. But uh, I, I think I fall probably somewhere similar to you, ultimately, Mark, in that I've got him at a zero, like a, like an at value. Yeah. Grade. I, I think he offers a lot athletically, but I, I'm not overly excited about him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've got a, a lot of similar stuff to be honest. So when he played offense and defense, side, you mentioned he played both sides of the ball in high school. He was a wide receiver and a defensive end, and he also played a bit of basketball as well. I think he started his college career at two five six, so he's obviously lost a little bit of weight from two five six to two four three. Definitely athleticism, route running. He's a kind of catch and get vertical guy. Yeah, definitely. The separation at the catch point, I don't know how much of that was him and how much of it was just kind of college defenses seem to have, for some reason, in the secondary and in the linebacker kind of positions, there seem to be a lot of guys that are just way too open compared to what they should be. And I don't think that can all be the route running and just elite separation. I think at the next level, they're not going to have that. So I think it's a bit unfair to say, you know, a great separator when you don't necessarily see it when it's kind of one-on-one sort of man coverage. So that's an interesting point. Blocking, it's a chop block at best. (laughs) He's going to lose against defensive ends and some linebackers at the next level. He's very, very hit and miss. I think he's a better blocker if he's going to block, do it at the second level than the line of scrimmage. Given that he was a wide receiver in high school, I kind of think the best usage of him would be just have him as a big slot wide receiver, yeah. have him in that kind of role, so sort of off to the side, and he can either do clever moves in the zone or he can do slant routes, he can do out routes, he can just basically find space and, and be that kind of quarterback's best friend, which which we spoke about before. He'll run, think... he'll run a lot of tight end screens, right? And he'll run like jet sweep, like, you know, the tight end sweeps 
um, out of the backfield. He, he'll do a lot of that. Yeah, it's a lot of like motion across, catch at the edge for like three or four yards, that kind of thing. I don't think he breaks tackles consistently. I think the ball security issues that you mentioned, Mark, is is pivotable. I think given that he's played both sides of the ball, depending on how his kind of uh, sort of career goes as a starting tight end, I think initially, and that they sort of say, oh, it takes a few years for a tight end to to kind of get used to the position and get used to the NFL at that level. Because he's played both sides of the ball, why not use him on special teams, on on offense and defense? And he's got quite good hands as well some of the time. So I think he could be used on on kind of the hands team. So I think you will get some value from him. But what I saw on tape was enough to to lead me to a minus one grade. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan. I think, to be honest, the first few plays that I watched, there was a lazy chip block, quick release, catch behind the line of scrimmage and then a fumble against Alabama. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, mm. you know, when the first play you watch of a guy, and this is the difference between Bowers um, and, and Sanders. Sanders is like, oh, God, can we even draft this guy? Whereas Bowers was one snap blocking. You're like, yeah, why would we not draft this guy? There's a very different kind of way of looking at it. And maybe that's why I'm sort of slightly more, more negative on this guy. But uh, yeah, minus one for Sanders from me. Now, can I put out there just again, maybe playing devil's advocate just a little bit. Mm. But so Sanders this season, forty-five receptions, zero drops, zero percent drop rate, catches every well, not catches every ball thrown to him, but catches every ball that he that, that isn't, you know, within his remit to catch. Fifty-three point eight percent contested catch rate. So that means he wins fifty-three point eight percent of the contested catches that he's that he goes up and gets. Brock Bowers' contested catch rate, twenty two point two percent. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Uh, you know, so as he's done, yeah. I know, I know the different, you know, different sizes, different strengths, obviously. But you know, just saying, like this is a guy who, you know, he could be a threat in the red zone. You know, he can be a threat up the scene. He's got the speed. He, you know, he's not going to offer the all-rounded approach that Brock Bowers does, and he's definitely not got the blend of athleticism and strength. But as an offensive weapon, I can see some team falling for this guy and him going early in the second. I really can. Is he is he uh, a oversized wide receiver? Probably really? yes. That's yes. pretty much what he is, isn't he? Yeah. There's there's a well there's a guy in this class that is just a wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple, I think. Yeah. I, I think that's that's the only other knock you can kind of have on Bowers is his catch radius. But having said that, as Mark pointed out, with the, the sort of the George Pickens full stretch one handed sort of ridiculous yeah. grab that he did, you kind of think, well, actually, his catch radius might be all right, but you know. You only get to see a certain amount of tape, don't you? So yeah, yeah, of course. All right, Kets, you want to go? You want to do the next guy? Uh, I need Mark Sanders' grade first. Oh, that was a zero. That was the same as Sai on that one. Zero. Value. Okay, no worries. So, do we have a list of consensus? Yeah, kind of rankings because I'm a bit unsure. This this class is a bit <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. We, we didn't want to go all over the place like we did last so, week. <laughs> so just to give uh, listeners a view, so uh, consult according to the NFL mock draft database as of the 16th of February 2024, Brock Bowers is number six on the overall board. Jatavian Sanders, who we just spoke about, is 51. Next up, and the only other guy in the top 100 is Cade Stover, who's at 87. Okay, let's go with him then. Yeah. So Cade Stover from the Ohio State University, 6'4 and £251. Now, my first comment was too high to be a sleeper, question mark. So that kind of <laughs> gives you uh, some idea of the way I've kind of looked at this. So I've got him as a plus one. Um, he's a senior. He has 
solid strength overall. I think lacks some athleticism and doesn't separate. He kind of has a press and release technique, which he utilizes quite a lot of the time. He does break tackles and he has a mean stiff arm, which is pretty good. Um, does have some wiggle. Interestingly, that Mark mentioned wiggle as well. You, you could have tight end wiggle is a much underrated uh, thing that we need to bring back. Does have some wiggle and refinement to his route running, albeit it's at slow speed. You know, like if you listen to a podcast on like half speed, this guy plays football well but at half speed. So that said, he also hurdled a guy against Georgia at one yeah. point. So a slow speed hurdle is a beautiful thing to watch. It's, There's a few hurdlers in this class, I saw. Yeah, there is. Tight end hurdling is a, is a popular thing now, I think. Yeah, good. Let's have more of that. Yeah. Um, he's a physical, contested, catchability guy, despite being surrounded by three defenders against Notre Dame. Did something similar against a Penn State defender as well. Does Cade Stover have the best hands in the class? I, I think he's definitely up there. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I think it's him and Jatavian Sanders. Yeah. And, and actually, I'm a lot more positive on, on Stover. So, um, yeah, if you're going to say that, Si, I will definitively say he's got the best hands in the class. <laughs> he's definitely an over-the-middle chain-mover guy. He he can run people over in open space. Um, I think he's an underrated blocker. And, and despite lacking some athleticism, I think he is athletic enough that he can block at the second level as well. He's a yards after the catch kind of guy, um, tough to bring down. He's one of these kind of trundly runners. He's not necessarily an out-and-out speed guy. He kind of just trundles. He's hard to bring down, and, and he's always kind of gaining three or four extra yards as a result of that. I think he could probably be a tight end, too, at the NFL level. Um, maybe some upside to his game, but equally there are limitations as well. So I've got him as a, a kind of a plus one, which is a kind of falling target. Probably is realistically for most of these guys. Yeah, the um, rising target, isn't it? Yeah, plus one is a, oh. a priority target, I think. Okay, well, let, let me caveat then. I've Wait, got him as a plus list, one. Do we have the list that's got the, the labels we do, attached? We do, because <laughs> Gav starred it in the group chat. Um, I've got him as a plus one, so I'm saying he is a potential target to go for, but in rounds kind of like, in, on day three, so rounds four plus. If he's still there, rounds right. four plus, then... Uh, that sounds like a minus him. one, gets. Yeah, that sounds like a falling. No, I've got him as a plus one. I'm sticking with that, because I think he, he's got... He's based, got off some... his, based off his consensus, so what was he, 80... What Was he on the consensus uh, board? 87. But I mean, I get, I get what you're saying. I mean, it's hard to say right now necessarily where he will go, but I would yeah. say that if you're like, oh, I would take him, but oh, only if he like, fell to the sixth round. I thought that was like what the minus one was. But it sounded no, like I, you liked him on that. I liked him. So if, if he's there in the third round, I, I guess it's difficult to say because the Steelers don't need a tight end. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. It, it, we're looking at too much from the Steelers' need perspective. Yeah. If I'm looking at this last year and he's there, third round, done. Yeah, no problem at all. So in the last year, he's kind of a, a plus one on that base. I, I'm looking at not so much. I'm trying to take positional value out of it, but it's, it is hard when you look at it through sort of black and gold uh, tinted lenses, I guess. Yeah, this is why I keep trying to stress, like, I'm just removing, like, the actual number on the consensus board away from it. Yeah. I'm not trying to think about it in rounds. I'm just like, wherever he goes, I don't care if it's the first round, the seventh round, even if it's the same guy, wherever he's going by the end of the draft, am I, like, banging the table when it gets there? Or am I like, mm, I'll let him slide? You know what I mean? That, that's the way yeah. I'm looking at it. So I'm looking at him going, 
he's one of the better guys in this class. If I need a tight end, yeah, he's that's one of my targets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that, I've not explained it very well, but that's what I was trying to say. <laughs> I get you, I get you. I like Cade Stover. There we go. Yeah, I hear you. On the table. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Um, yeah, nice, strong, stocky build. Exactly what you want out of this guy. I think he's an aggressive runner is the way that I've put it. He enjoys going up against press. He's happy to lay hands on a defender within five yards, generate some space with a bit of push. Fine. He finds soft spots to hover in zone nicely, knows where the first down marker is, as you said, Kurtz. I think he, I, I think to say that he plays the game on half playback speed is a little bit harsh. I think he's got sufficient speed after the catch. He's got a nice first step and acceleration for a guy who's this big. He's not going to break any records, but but if he catches it in a bit of space, he can find the gap and he can score. I think he's a solid mover for his size with the rumbling downhill strength factored in, is what I would say. Very nice hands, soft-handed, can make difficult catches in traffic. Very simply put, again, he's had 41 receptions this season, zero drops, a 60% contested catch rate. This is a contested catch dominator. A strong blocking record, see strong reviews in this area across the board. I think he's got the size and strength to improve a little bit further, you know, as he, as he progresses. I don't think you've got the concern here you might have with Bowers about uh, being a little bit undersized compared to what you want ideally. This is the guy, this is the size you want playing the inline every down. Yeah, he's not offering you the, the level of upside offensively that uh, Brock Bowers is, of course. But I think that I think he's got a little bit, all of it, a little bit the way Sam Laporta did. Uh-oh. Cade Stover is my red star. Yes. <laughs> red star. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. You can, oh, I mean, baby. What's the audio equivalent of seeing the glint in your eye? About <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what Cy had there. You could just I tell. think I've defined it last year as a red star energy. Yeah. exactly what that there. was. Yeah, it counts. You, you, yeah, it was the same sort of energy you get when the around the NFL guys are about to make a lock. You yeah. just feel feel it's coming in the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, but I, I've kept him at plus one. I'm not going to get carried away. He isn't. I'm, he wouldn't be as high as Sam Lepore or anything like that on my board. But he he is the guy that I like. He would be my tight end two in this class. He's the guy that I'd be banging the table for his position. I think he can be a really productive starter for a team that operates kind of effectively as a blocker and a receiver. Very fun to watch rumble downfield. But I think he will occasionally surprise people a little bit with his athleticism. I think he's getting a lot of the same knocks that Sam Laporta got. That's like, oh, well, he, you know, he's, he's an okay athlete. He can just about move enough. Guys, you're overthinking it. These guys <laughs> rumble. It's not about the wiggle rankings with these guys. Gets, it's about the rumbling rankings. And this guy's doing well with the rumbling rankings. Let's I go, do man. love a tight end that rumbles. Exactly. Want those extra six, seven <laughs> yards just keep going. Men trailing off him. Yeah. Left in their wake. Can't bring him down. You know, that's what a tight end should be. He should be exactly. physically dominant and gaining extra yards over the middle, which is what you want. Yeah. yeah. I need, you I need to see four people hanging off the back of my tight end. You want to yeah. run him by the wiggles Arr. and a tight end that rumbles. That's <laughs> exactly what you want. And to be honest, I, I completely agree with you guys. Like, I, I've actually called a bit of an audible on my uh, rating of him here because I had I had all these positive things to say about him, and then I still had him at a zero and that value. But the the pros that I've got here far outweigh some of the cons that I've got here as well. So I've actually bumped it up to a plus one because this this guy, yeah, he's proper physical, great frame. 
Um, he is explosive out of his stance. Um, he does have a he does have a very nice initial burst, but I do think he lacks the ability to shift to another gear once he's once he gets going. I think yeah. it is a bit one speed with him, sure. um, but that's kind of part of the rumbling charm of it. I think. <laughs> Obviously, he's another guy who went from defense to offense, isn't he? He's uh, yeah. he used yeah. to be a defender so um i don't know if that kind of plays into like he, he feels very raw on his blocking um i don't i don't think he's like the most he's, complete blocker he's not a complete product there yeah no no and I, you know that might be part of the reason why there might be a little bit more coaching that needs to be done here it might explain why he's not as versatile as some of the other tight ends in this draft as well mm. but as you say yes really really great hands um makes big clutch third down slash red zone catches um he's I, he, yeah he, as you say he's, he's surprisingly agile and can make some very nice adjustments when he's when he's on the run um to, to gain some of those extra yards so um I, i've noticed as well that he always seems to have his eyes on the qb ready to help where it needs to be i think he'll be an excellent security blanket for a struggling qb or a rookie yeah. QB in this season I, th- I think he can make that really really excellent uh excellent security blanket so yeah I, I was a big fan of him and as i say i've just had to I've had to make this audible on the on the rating because having him at value when they've got all of these really good traits about him, that just didn't feel right at all. So yeah, plus one for me. Yeah, it happens to me all the time, Matt. Where I I, <laughs> I do that. I have I, it's, I think it's more to do with just how I feel at the time, and then I'll, I come back to it with with clear eyes, and I think, what, why did I have this rating? Yeah, uh, I, I, I think it was I think it was the versatility that was putting me off initially, yeah. but then I think you know if if he's got one role, as long as he does that one role really really well. He's still going to have a decent career, so yeah, I know I think he does do that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. I don't think he'll be a stealer by any means, but I yeah, I think I think get him on a get him on a good team, and I think he could have a very prosperous career. I think sometimes hmm. with tight ends, people get a little bit lost in the weeds um, when it comes to athleticism, and I think I think people can get. I don't be wrong; it's nice to have an athletic tight end, but how many teams are out there making it work with a with a tight end who's maybe not the most athletic guy in the world, you know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. think they always have to be. You know, if, if they can dominate at the catch point, if they, if they can create just a little bit of separation against linebackers over the middle, um, if they've got just enough kind of speed to rumble downfield or just enough strength to power through a guy or two, that's all you need, man, to go pick up first downs and be a red zone weapon. People get a little bit too like, oh, everybody has to be Kyle Pitts now. Come on, let's calm down, guys. I mean, I mean, let's look at it. In the NFL, there are probably what three or four elite tight ends over the last yeah yeah five seven years yeah yeah. So if you can get in that sort of second tier of tight ends, where the likes of Muth and, and others kind of reside, that you've got enough about one particular element of your game, then that's fine. You can get paid with that, not a problem. Yeah. I will say just to, you know what are the knocks because I think we've all been very positive largely what you know what are the knocks I would say the production you know isn't hasn't been there in terms of the way that it has been for Bowers you know two years has you know reached 570 odd yards in one season that's about as far as he's gone so that you know the 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 level of production isn't there and the consistency hasn't been there in terms of how long he's been doing it for you said he's a senior right yes yeah yeah so so you know it, it's come on late is what I'm trying to say as you say, the, the the long speed isn't there, the game changing speed isn't there, but, but we spoke about that. So you know, I'm just trying to play the you know the other side, if you will, because I think we're all very high on him. Yeah, and he's not a complete product either, and and that is maybe a slight red flag that it, you know he's a senior, he's still not 
the most imposing blocker considering his size. You know, I don't think he's as talented in that in that realm as some other guys would get to. So, you know, th- there's some things to watch out for. Will he be able to play full-time in line? You hope so. Will he have the Muth problem where he struggles to block sometimes, maybe? But I like him. I'm a big fan. All right. Nice. Uh, is it me next, I guess? It is, yeah. It is. All right. Mm. Okay. Who do I want to go to? All right. I'm going to go to um, Ben Sin- Sinot. Ben Sinot? How are, we, how are we going with this one? I think I'm going to go Ben Sinot. Oh, Ben Sinot. Okay. Mm. Ben Sinot. Ben Sinnott out of uh, Kansas State, two hundred and fifty-four pounds, six foot four is what I've got. Right? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I've got. Okay, he is one hundred and thirty on the big board uh, right now, supposedly. Um, this guy had a seventy-six point one run blocking grade in twenty twenty-three. He show he's well built. He's muscle brown bound. Nice bod. Shows nice ability to track the ball downfield. Has potential to be a kind of a solid sort of intermediate mid-range and goal line threat, I think. Clearly has a good feel for what to do in the open field, but lacks that high-end athleticism. Kind of similar to Stover in a way. The, uh, you know, he, he lacks the high-end athleticism of some of the earlier guys we spoke about. I still think he can surprise a defender now and again. He picks up bonus yards with a little spin or a hurdle here or there. I saw those on the tape, but but he's not going to be a, a consistent um, uh, open field mover, I don't think. But I'll tell you what he is. I'll tell you what he is. He's high on the rumbling rankings. And that's <laughs> why I've gone to him here. He's doing well on the rumble rankings. He's hard to bring down. He requires a gang tackle quite often. You'll see him trailing with those. You know, you know the little wedding car when you got the little uh, the little cans off the back of it, just married? Those yeah. are the defenders off the back of the car that is. That's not. <laughs> He lined up in the backfield a lot. He lined up outside, so he's got some versatility. I think you'd want to play this guy really as an inline tight end, but he has moved around the formation. Big productive year in 2023, 669 yards. I might have slightly different totals to you, by the way, Mark. I think PFF includes um, bowl games and other things, so just be aware. 669 total yards in 12 games. uh, I've got him for here in six touchdowns. Production increases through 2021 to 2022 when he really starts starts to be starts to really um, play on offense uh, and then uh, into 2023 so he's only really played two years as a starter not got a ton of like um, wear on, on tear but 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 he's had a really productive season this last year which is what I like to see as I say 76.1 run blocking grade 81 receiving grade I really like this dude and if he's low enough I'm gonna say he's my sleeper dive Ooh. dive that was lackluster. No, I tell you what, I completely, <laughs> for, I tell you why, I completely forgot. That's what I was doing. I completely forgot my role Mark, in all of that for a second. Mark, Mark, I'll say one thing. Some people have played ass trumpet, so to speak. I played ass trumpet with that sound. Yeah, I do apologise. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, though, Sai. I was, I he was at one point my sleeper Ooh, as well. At one point. Okay. okay. Um, Someone else pipped him to it um, that I watched after him. But at one point, I i mean, this dude was, before I watched Bowers, at one point, this dude was my red star. I Ooh. really, really enjoyed what I saw out of yeah. this guy. Lengthy strides, still got those sharp turns on him, some nice hips there. I thought he was, uh, I thought he had a brilliant uh, sort of catch radius around him. Again, a guy with really nice hands. Yeah, as you say, breaking tackles. He's got dudes hanging off it. It's, it's absolutely superb to watch that. Just explosive. This this is an explosive guy. Um, it's just really, really fun to watch this dude play. 
He just has that, yeah, level of athleticism and explosiveness about him that's just just such a pleasing sight. Really great red for a red zone threat as well. Um, just really gets. I think I think he separates really well. Um, yeah, there's so much to like about this dude. His pass protection seems a little bit here, here and there. It's 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 a bit it's a bit iffy at times. I think sometimes when he's beaten in blocks, it looks really really bad. He he can have that um, yeah. against him. Mm. It, it looks a little bit awkward, um, and he hasn't really got the elite speed that. Well, I mean, he's six four, two fifty four. You know, per, perhaps so. You, you may be not expecting that elite of speed, but I think compared to some of the other guys around his size, I don't think he has quite the the speed they do. But otherwise, I mean, I was I was just such a big fan of this guy. As, as I say, at one point was like up there as a as a red star candidate. I I think he's going to do superbly. I, I this this dude, if he has a good, I believe he's going to the combine. If he he might be a guy who impresses there who gets yeah, yeah gets a bit of a surprise run and might get a drafted a little bit higher than he's uh, than he is at right now and he's only 21 right now 22, 20, yeah 22 yeah yeah i'm with you i i think he will surprise a little bit of the comment he's going to be sneaky fast yeah i agree with that i think it's a, a solid all-rounder a couple of points on, on blocking and then one point on on kind of receiving as well so um, in terms of his blocking, I think he's a very serviceable blocker. Um, even against, I watched the the Kansas State Texas tape, and even against some of the big Texas linemen, he's he's not only blocking, but he seem he's not necessarily an elite blocker, but he's definitely willing. I think he's always like willing to put his body on the line he's for his team. Like that, yeah. yeah, I think that's why and he's that, got such a good run blocking grade specifically. He, he, yeah. He's like he's a bit of a powerful maulery type. But yeah, I, I, the technique isn't quite there in the pass blocking. Yeah. And then there was a key block on the goal line as well for a touchdown against Texas, which allowed, I think it was the running back to uh, to get in. So he, he can block when he needs to at the right time. And and he's not elite at blocking, but he does just enough to, to kind of do what he needs to do. There's examples of block, release, root and catch all on one snap. So he can do it all on one snap if it comes to it, which I think is, is really good because I've not seen that very often um in terms of his receiving game now i'm not going to talk so much about his catches but i'm going to talk about the presence that he had late in the game because the you could see it on tape where the texas safeties were concerned where Sinnott was at all times mm. so there was times where because he was in and around the area the wide receiver who came in behind him on a sort of post route was open for an easy touchdown and similarly as well there was a second incident where Sinnott was double teamed, meaning that his teammate was kind of able to get enough space to get it to the goal line for a touchdown as well. So he is impacting the game, whether he's actively catching the ball or not. Yeah. So I think that's that's a really good uh, a good trait. Not a great separator in 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 terms of the knocks I've got on him. Um, not convinced by overall speed on tape. I think he's a similar sort of tight end to development opportunity i've got him as at value if i'm honest i think listening to you guys that might be a little bit on the harsh side but i'm going to stick with that for the time being but he is a junior so i think he, he's got time to develop he's not had a great amount of time at the position hmm. there, there's definitely more kind of upsides than than downsides and i think his ceiling would be okay at the nfl level so yeah, I think when I was saying about the separation earlier, I think I was sort of focusing more on the red zone rather than general field. I think he does 
in yeah. particularly in the end zone i think he he does well at getting open but um yeah i go i go probably i think i probably agree with you about separation in terms of like generally out in the field i think um yeah there might be some some slight issues there but yeah huge. I, I i'm a plus one on this dude i'm i'm a big fan of him yeah this is where we started to hit for me and again, I didn't get as deep as you guys, so I don't know if it trails off or what, but I started to hit a bit of a streak here where I was like, all right, yeah, these guys aren't top of the class, guys, but there's like a lot of guys I really am into. There's some decent you know, stuff. in the middle rounds. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Interestingly, I think one other thing we've got to mention on Sinnet is that he wears 34, so he's listed as a fullback at times. So yes. there's definitely other you things like that, that you can yeah. do. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of kind of, they're not like, they, they tend to line up in the backfield, sort of next to the running back. So they kind of line up as a fullback. But we, if they've got the athleticism, you know, there's quite a lot of trickeration with a number of these teams this year on on the tight ends. When I was watching, was last year seemed to be more kind of traditional inline tight ends or or lining yeah. sort of outside in the big slot kind of position. There was a lot of kind of behind the line of scrimmage stuff going on, different sort of looks, different feels. So yeah. maybe that's something that's coming into college football more. Well, I think that probably speaks more to the fact that we aren't having a lot of guys come out that are the kind of traditional top of the class tight end, you know, round one and two tight ends. Um, I think we've what we've got here is a lot more specialists, guys that do certain things. And, uh, you know, as you say, a lot of these guys that we're speaking about now are guys that were used in some form of, of you know, fullback capacity or, or used in various formations and lined up in different ways. And I, I think that's just because they're not, kind of, you know, they weren't, they're not going to do that with um, Brock Bowers because you're not going to you're not going to dump him in in, in you know full halfback at fullback because he's your offense. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's it's a very different situation. But I think these guys offer some versatility. They're going to help them uh, stick around on a roster for years to come. Yeah, definitely. What was your grade on him, Sai? Uh, I, I, I plus one. Plus one. Nice. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I haven't gone plus two on anyone in in, the, in this class. Okay. Who's up next? I think, is it myself? Am I up next? Mm. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, let's. Shall we head over to AJ Barner out of uh, out of Michigan? Uh, so I, I uh, just just heads up fell off my list. Isn't one of my guys that I oh, is he not? No, I ended up looking. Ooh. Well, we'll get to who I looked at, but uh, a few more. But but please continue. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll go. In fact, uh, I'll use this as a little opportunity to nip to the loo. And please carry on. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Um, yeah. So AJ Barner uh, out of Michigan, initially in Indiana, um, three-star recruit. Twenty twenty uh, didn't really do a whole lot there. And twenty twenty-one, twelve games, fourteen ca- just fourteen catches for one hundred and sixty-two yards. So a little bit quiet in his uh, in his sophomore season. A little bit more in 2022, 28 catches, 199 yards, uh, 7.1 yards, catch three touchdowns. Um, and then transferred over to Michigan uh, in 2023. Uh, just had the one season in Michigan. 22 catches, 249 yards, 11.3 yards per catch. Just the one touchdown, but a uh, QB rating when targeted of 112.6. Uh, two pressures and no sacks given up uh, on the quarterback as well. Now... This uh, is a, is a question for you, Kat. Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm assuming, obviously, you watch Barner, of course. I did. Yes. Is this the best run blocker in this class? I. He's, de- he's definitely I up. He's definitely up there. I don't know if I have like a specific ranking of the best uh, sort of run road grader type tight ends, but I did put one of the better blocking tight ends 
as you might expect from Michigan, which I think yeah. is why why it made sense for him to go oh, there. Exactly. I thought he was an excellent run blocker. I, I thought he was throwing defenders right off their game. Um, and by the time, and even when the defender does have him beat, it's too late by then. The, the, the play's already gone by. So he's, he's just delaying them from everything. It, it's such a, I thought that was the best part of his game. I thought he thought it was absolutely superb at that. Um, and pretty decent in pass protection as well. Um, I, I think all round this guy's blocking is, is really, really good. Pretty decent um, out in the field as well. Um, I thought he got, he got um, quite high up in his catches, and I, th- I thought he brought them down pretty well. Um, decent speed for a guy of his size. So he's 6'5", 251. Sorry, I didn't even mention that. Um, uh, that's mm. why I had him down there. I um, don't know if that wavers slightly. But, um, yeah, for, for a guy of his size, I think his speed is pretty decent. Um, another guy that I was seeing a lot of versatility from um, as well in terms of where he was lining up. Um, there are some knocks on him. I do think while he does have decent speed, I think he's quite slow on the turn. Um, I don't think he's got the greatest um, hips in the world. Um, I'd be interested to see what the contested catch rate for this guy um, is because I sort of had him down as not being a brilliant um, contested catch guy, which I thought was surprising given his uh, his kind of lengthy arms and the kind of the length that he, he brought to that. So I was I was a little bit surprised by that. I do wonder with it. I'd like I do like this guy. I like this guy a lot. Um but I wonder if he's going if if his positive traits are going to flounder a little bit in the NFL. I I I just wonder if this is a guy that's going to make the leap that solidly. Especially given like he's 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 a big dude but he's not like a big dude if you if you know what i mean he's kind of got it's yeah. a weird frame and there's just like there's a lot of lanky guys in this uh draft class i thought I've, i found a lot of these tight ends to be not necessarily built but actually look a little bit beanstalkery in some ways um but some guys have got a little bit more strength i i, I don't know about this dude like i do his positive stuff and he's a plus one purely off his blocking rate for me, and especially his run blocking. I think he is absolutely exceptional at that. And I think he could really get a decent career out of it. But yeah, I, I, I've i got him at a plus one with the thought of, can he make it at the next level? It is a bit of a risky plus one. And I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't really come off at the NFL level. But from what I've seen so far out of the guy, there, there's every chance that it could still. Yeah, I I think I had some similar thoughts, but I've ended up talking myself round to an at value sort of <laughs> zero pick. Yeah, um, agree with everything you say. He's definitely got athleticism for his size. Very hard to bring down. He, he kind of trundles, drags guys with him. Sort of the wedding car effect. Yeah. Um, I did it also write down. Looks very long on tape. He, he's definitely got that kind of frame where you can kind of. Some of the the tape that you watch, the tight ends, unless it's kind of highlighted where the tight end is and what any particular play, you can't always spot them. This guy was was kind of a bit easier to spot just because he was so kind of distinctive looking. Yeah, he does set the edge very well. Some really solid uh, blocking to allow runs from from Corum, who we spoke about last week, and uh, the guy I told you to keep an eye on, uh, Edwards. Um, yeah. He's going to get a mention again here because. Um, some of the blocks at the second level, um, there was one in particular versus Penn State, which allowed Edwards to have a really nice, a really nice rush for a touchdown. 
I think Barna works well in combination with a tackle, which I think is is an important skill set for that next level step. Mm-hmm. I think he when he manhandles guys, it's probably more of the he really moves the smaller guys and, and sort of manhandles them. I don't necessarily think he can always do that against the bigger guys consistently all the time, or it certainly doesn't. I think he's a, a solid blocker. I think he's that's definitely his best skill. I wonder, like you say, Mark, if that's going to be diluted to a large extent at the next level. May well he's be, yeah. Not, yeah, he's not a receiving threat at all. That's not his game. He didn't play his receiving tight end one at Michigan. It was yeah. check downs at best, kind of in the zone stuff, leak out to the flat. So I've gone with a zero overall. I think it it was good to watch his tape. It was nice to see a, a kind of a blocking tight end. If that's exactly what you need, this is probably the guy. It's probably this guy or maybe one other. But uh, yeah, it was solid overall. I think at value, later rounds pick, tight end three, development tight end two, particularly if you need the blocking skill set that he's got, um, or similarly if you need blocking on on tight um, on special teams. Yeah, he's definitely you know at value. You're getting what you pay for sort of in the later rounds. So I think he's definitely draftable. Kind of summarizes just, him nicely, I think. Just a note. He is actually... So it's interesting. He was the next guy on the list, as I often say, that I didn't get to. Mm. He is The reason for that is that he's tight end four on PFF's board. Which is... Says a lot about PFF. Which is way higher than the... In, under consensus, <laughs> he's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten. He's tenth wow. on the consensus board. But yeah, so PFF currently high on him. Obviously, PFF might change the tune a little bit as uh, draft season nears, but... That's where he is right now, but still 144th on their big board. So it's not actually as crazy a difference as it seems. They're just they're just very low on a lot of these tight ends. I think. Yeah. Okay, I wonder with PFF and their their big boards, is it Trevor Sikkerman that's doing them, or is it kind of a consensus of PFF people? Because if it's Trevor, I trust him more. So to him for I'm a not 100 percent certain because in the past it was um, it was Renner, wasn't it? It was past. Renner's big board, yeah. I'm not quite sure how this is working now. As far as I'm concerned, getting rid of Renner was a bizarre decision that was made. I, I, I'm not quite cl- clear whether it was a decision from him or from PFF. It kind of felt to me like it was a little bit from PFF side. Just kind of the way it went down, like it felt a little bit odd to me. Anyway, that's politics of a podcast that probably a lot of people don't listen to. But the point <laughs> is, I think this is probably Sycamore. But, but what we might get gets is that as the draft gets closer... The draft guide gets released. Sycamore actually releases like more of a final big board, and we, we get a lot of adjustments to this. But as of right now, uh, he he is fourth on the PFF uh, tight end rankings. Now, w- sorry, was that everything on on AJ Barner? Sorry, I think yes. so. Yep. Okay. Did you get all the grades? Did. Okay. Very good. Uh, Kets, would you like to lead us to the, to your next gentleman? Yeah, who would be the next guy? Because we're in a bit of a soup in the middle yeah, now. Yeah, and give you some guys, aren't we? So give, give me a few options, and we'll pick one from there. So the consensus number four, which is what we've skipped over here, is Jaheim Bell. Yeah, out of Florida okay. State. Yeah, let, let's go with him then. So Jaheim Bell, FSU, as you said, six three, two hundred and thirty nine pounds. Now, this is your kind of more modern, smaller tight end. He's your athleticism kind of guy. He's almost like a route runner, sort of wide receiver, running back kind of style routes that he's running. 
he was a South Carolina transfer before he was at LSU. When he was at South Carolina, they lined him up all over the formation. He was really versatile. It was so hard to actually work out where the hell he was on the field at any one point. So I imagine, uh, you know, defences had their their sort of work cut out for them. To FSU versus LSU, there's a lot of initials going on here. Um, His first snap, he was lined up as a H-back. Then he motioned out to the slot. And then he broke three tackles for a modest gain. There's other examples of H-back kind of play. There's a touchdown against Tennessee. This is a guy where you need someone clever that's a bit better than Matt Canada, but that kind of trickeration type offense. Get the ball in his hands. He can separate. He's got yards after the catch ability. He's a kind of catch, run after the catch kind of guy. He can run away from chasing defenders with his long speed. He's a definite challenge for for kind of defensive coordinators in the NFL. There's plays against Boston College where he was completely unaccounted for and he just kind of lined up in a traditional tight end position where nobody really expected him. And he just basically ran away from people. Uh, He's definitely a chain mover. I'm just putting this out there now. He's one of the better fantasy tight end options if you need a fantasy tight end for next Mm. year. And he's definitely got good upside. Please do not let the Kansas City Chiefs draft this guy. (laughs) However, however, all of that good stuff said, there are some knocks. In his blocking game, it's not always massively convincing, if I'm honest. There's examples of tape or on tape of being being driven backwards uh, with relative ease. So that, that that's kind of one of the big blocks I've got on him. There are some drops on tape. There is a big drop against LSU in the second level, a ball that's kind of straight at his breadbasket, and he doesn't come out with it. So that that's a potential concern, especially when I've just declared him as a potential potential fantasy tight end one. He he does lack an aspect of physicality. He doesn't possess a good stiff arm um, in total, but he did thirty nine receptions, five hundred and three yards, and two touchdowns. Definitely got some upside. His 2022 tape. This is quite interesting, actually. So his uncle and his mother both tweeted and caused a stir regarding the perceived lack of production and usage by the offensive coaching staff at South Carolina. Hence why he entered the transfer portal and went to FSU. Um, So, yeah, interesting. There's a really lovely 46-yard reception on tape against Georgia. To all of that combined, don't use him in blocking, you'll be fine. I've got him as a plus one kind of athletic tight end with some upside. That screams a little bit of Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad, doesn't it? There, a little... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit scary. Yeah, yeah. nine-minute REM videos on, on Instagram. This, on. This, this is the guy that I referenced earlier that I was like, so th- this guy's a receiver. Yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. Is one of, this is one of the two guys I was thinking of as well. Yeah, this is... Uh... And it, it seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, that the FSU kind of have like two guys that were like full tight end half you know kind of tweener guys between uh, receiver tight end and what's happened is they basically dumped one in the wide receiver pool and one in the tight end pool uh, mm. and th- this is the one that, that ended up in the tight end pool Jaheim Bell I, yeah to me he he is I mean he's so okay let's start with what I like love his vision love his movement in the open field I think he's got great great open field movement skills I think he can make a guy miss I think he slows down, speeds up very quickly, follows blocks nicely, makes good decisions on running lanes. I think he's a really accurate. 
I love his contact balance as a runner. I think he executes a cacophony of uh, ball carrier moves in space. He handles first contact well. I think he doesn't go down easily. Uh, I like that he fights for extra yards. He, he fights for first downs. But but he but he is a receiver. <laughs> I mean, just just line him up in the slot and be done with it. Like he's he's not a blocker. He's not going to play traditional in line tight end. Um, he's not been hyper productive, which is what concerns me a little bit. It concerns me even more to hear that his family sound a little bit whacked, and he's got a nine point three percent drop rate, as Ket says. I end up being a little bit just on the fence on this one, to be honest. I like the athleticism. I like the size. I worry about like the Chase Claypoolism of it all. What is he? Where does he fit? You know, he's he's a quick, nimble mover for his size, but he's not a pure receiver. He's not a pure offensive weapon. I don't know, man. I don't quite know where to fit him. I wouldn't want to deal with it. I have him at a zero. I don't think he's bad by any means. I just I wonder if he's going to be like quite gr- like good. Is he is he is he a talented enough receiver? You know what I mean to 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 like take away stats from the guys in your receiving core, and he's not going to be your number one tight end, right? You know what I mean. Where does he line up? Where is he? What is he? Well, I think that kind of like it almost kind of lays into one of his strengths is is that variety of areas that he's lining up in. Like he can hit you from various different places. He's almost he's pretty much a gadget guy at this point. Mm. Um, so. I, th- I think that kind of plays into his strength. He's uh, yeah, he's a nice little athlete who can who can hit you from all sorts of areas. So that's why he kind of bumped up to an at value for me. I mean, he was uh, the the blocking is like a minus two level sort of <laughs> sort of area. He's he's next to useless in in that sort of area. But yeah, I his variety yeah his variety in lining up and um, in his routes. I think I think his route tree is pretty decent and. Yeah, as you say, in the open field, I think he's got some very nice speed, very nice adjustments that he's made. So, yeah, he's got a lot of positives to his game as a receiver, but that's pretty much all he is. And a lot of teams are going to get benefit out of that. As Ket say, fantasy managers are going to get a lot of benefit out of it. But how well will that serve him at the next level? It remains to be seen, especially if he's going to keep claiming he's a tight end. <laughs> I think I struggle with these guys because if you're going to claim you're a tight end, you've got to at least express that in some form of physicality, in my opinion. I understand that tight ends can be primarily offensive pieces. I understand that tight ends can you know, really just be pass catchers. That's fine. But I think, like, especially for a guy like this, if you're not going to have those extra two inches, <laughs> oh dear, oh, he's on it again. <laughs> and you're not going to have, you know, that extra bit of girth. <laughs> then I think you've got to just, you know, you've got to be willing, you've got to be able to express a little bit more physicality in your game. Otherwise, to me, you're just a bit of a tweener. You're a bit of a guy. You're, mm. a, you're a Chase Claypool. I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I've talked myself around on this and I'm going to I'm gonna drop a minus one. Not that he's not a good athlete, not that I don't think he could do a job, you know, on the right offense. I just, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't so high on his ability as a pure receiver. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. If, he, if he was in the receiver class, would I be that excited? I don't think so. I think it's more that we're, we're looking at a dearth of high-end tight ends, and he's kind of found his way onto this list. And I, I, I don't... Yeah, I'm not entirely convinced, but... I, I'm nearly coming around to the dropping him from plus one to zero, to be honest. But I'm just looking through the list again. I inadvertently watched a guy that's gone to Georgia. So there's a guy called Benjamin Urasek. So I've watched him, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about him because I spent (laughs) half an hour of my life doing this. He's a kind of like 
in the middle, not in line, tight end, more of a wide receiver kind of guy. He's used in motion, end arounds on tape, decent speed, decent athleticism, good space finder, some good kind of full strength catches on tape. Um, hands are a little bit inconsistent. He's a first contact and goes down kind of guy. But having said a lot of that, and we'll review him more properly next year when he's actually coming out in the bloody draft. But I would say that the guy we're talking about now, Jaheim Bell, he's got more about him than than most of the rest of these kind of more uh, sort of receiver-based tight ends. So I'm going to stick on my plus one, and that will allow me to enjoy it if he is good. But equally, I'm caveating that with I fully agree with a lot of what you said, and also I regret my Clay, uh, Chase Claypool jersey as well. So um, I've learned that lesson as much as the next man. So, yeah. It'll be an interesting watch to see how he develops in the NFL. I, I liked the, that Ketz managed to sneak in like a, a mini breakdown of a guy who's <laughs> who's not coming out within within his analysis of, uh, of Jaheim Bell. That, nice. my friend, is called that. shoehorning. Yeah, yeah, you've, yeah, that's a good shoehorn. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with minus one. Did you get all the numbers there, Mark? Oh, Ketz, whoever's tracking this, I can't remember. You were minus one. Mark was zero. I was plus one. So yes, all, right. all accounted for. All right, Weights and measures. Very. Um, are we are we back to me? Yes. Okay. Very good. Uh, I'm gonna go to Dallin Holker. Is that the pronunciation we're going on this one? Dallin Holker, yeah. Okay, Dallin Holker. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dallin Holker. Car, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm struggling with these. What, what, Dallin? That's an interesting first name. Never heard that one before. Any background on that, Kurtz? No background. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, so Dallin Holker out of Colorado State. I've got six foot three, two four one. Any advance on that? Uh, I've got six five, two three five. Oh my gosh, we've got an entire two inches. Let's let's uh, let's smash this Hang one on. out. Hang on, just just to give this the proper place that it's due in terms of the six five, yeah. This is Trey McBride's university. This is a low key mm. tight end university. It is McBride and Holker have both been in conversations this season. So, and carry on, every, every time I look at the logo, I think it's the Starbucks logo every single time. <laughs> I can see how you said that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so six foot five. Now I'm now I'm liking that, and you know that makes a little bit more sense to me. Six foot three, I was a little bit ooh, ever so slightly undersized of where you want to be. If he if he measures at six foot five at the combine, that's okay. He is His nicely proportioned. Yeah, they, they those are a couple important and very important couple of inches. If you know what I mean. Arr. Perhaps that's why because originally I'd said like oh a, a li- maybe a little bit on the smaller side at six foot three for the tight end. Maybe that's why he's been kind of pegged Arr. as a tight end fullback hybrid. Um, but. <laughs> Anyway, let me get into this. So, I think that Dallin Holker has some exceptionally impressive degree of difficulty catches. Sideline, one-handed, caught high, caught low, over the shoulder deep. Um, a very surprise. Like, I came into this maybe wondering, is this guy going to be like more of a blocking tight end? Like, looking at his trajectory of his career? No way, man. This guy has got uh, an insane catch radius. He actually, his wingspan, when I looked, because I was like, has this guy got like crazy wingspan? Not really, but it seems like he's just able to catch the ball wherever it's thrown around him. I mean, up high, down low. I'm sure you guys have seen the catch, right, where he catches it around his ankles. 
just just great instincts. I, I thought as as uh, uh, when the ball's in the air, a fantastic soft hands catcher. I thought. Um, this is a guy I should say who really has only st- like started one year as a main part of an offense, and that's when he transferred to Colorado State. Before that, mm-hmm. he was at BYU, right? I think, and he was yeah. he was really operating more as a like as I say, like as a fullback, as a guy who, who was li- had a limited involvement in the offense as, uh, overall. I mean, to give you an idea, he had two hundred and two yards in twenty twenty one, eighty six yards on ten catches in twenty twenty two, and then he, and then he transfers out of there. And what a move it was because this this guy is a great a great tight end. <laughs> I mean, he has excellent vision and reactions to downfield developments. I think he has strong build-up speed. He can slow and start kind of quickly for a guy of his size, especially if he's six foot five. Gets jeez, Louise. Mm. He follows blocks well, opens lanes nice for extra yardage. I think he's explosive in his first step after securing the ball. He always has like a little bit of initial burst after the ball lands in his hands. He springs into action quicker than you'd expect. I, you know, there's going to be some dolts out there telling you that he isn't explosive enough. Ignore him. I don't want to hear it. He's, <laughs> he's got it in the bank. Yeah, that's going to be Mark. Get ready for the get ready for the bad takes. <laughs> Normally it's Gav, but he's not here, so Mark's taking the mantle. Four drops and 105 targets and 64 receptions. Plenty good enough for me. Third in missed tackles forced and third in contested catches. 50% contested catch rate. Not the best blocker in the world right now. He's got sufficient strength to learn, especially at six foot five gets. Whoa, I'm so excited about those two inches. Doesn't have elite twitch, don't get me wrong. Doesn't have elite separation ability, don't get me wrong. I think he's going to require some root refinement. I think he's a bit of a drifter. But there's something instinctual about this guy's game and the way that he's landed on a team. Admit, you know, be, Colorado State's no joke, as you say, tight end you recently. He's landed on a team where it's really sort of expressed his skill set. Uh, and I think it works, man. Like a contested catch demon with solid after the catch rumble and burst catches everything. I'm all in, man. I I gotta be honest. I was like fifty fifty on the sleeper between him and Sinot. I was like very close. So I'm a big fan of Darling Holker. He's a plus one. You know, I'm gonna be tossing and turning about the sleeper decision. I don't quite know what to do. But but Mark, tell me why I'm wrong. What are you not liking? I just don't think he has the explosiveness that you. Oh. Uh... That you're, that you're talking about, I think he comes across somewhat ploddy. If I'm perfectly honest oh. with you, I, I, I tell you what, the injury concerns are no help either. Like, right. So I, I, I was going to say, I haven't got yeah. big on injury and vibe this week, just because of time. So tell because I, so I don't know what what, what um, are the injuries. So, yeah, he does have a history of injuries. The most significant one being an ankle injury that I believe took him out of most of the 2022 season. Uh, yeah did yeah so yeah you're right three games played correct yeah there and there are other concerns around it he he tends to be a guy who tends to be on the injury report a fair bit so that's that's a little bit worrying and i'm a bit concerned with that and certain i i don't know i i think he will struggle to match the level of physicality he currently has at the nfl level i i this is a guy i'm very worried about going up to the to the next level don't get me wrong That catch versus Washington State, the one-handed one where he's managed to keep both feet in bounds, even though you don't need to do that uh, at the college level, is superb. And I, I agree with you. Yeah, he, he has those catches in the locker, especially the low ones as well. Um, I think he handles them, them very well. I think he makes up for a kind of lack of elite speed with some really nice strides. I, th- I think his, mm. uh, his running motion is really nice. I, th- I think there's stuff to like about him. But I'm just not there with him. I there's something about him that's just not clicking with me. I I just struggle to see this guy really 
getting to grips with the NFL game and really getting uh, physical at, the, at that next level. I've got yeah, him. Touchdowns are overrated. I've got him as a. I've got him as a minus one. I. I Ooh. just. I. I don't know. I, I don't I want I want to see for this guy this guy looks like a proper corn corn fed you know country boy from the looks of him like he's got the the long wavy hair and uh yeah looks looks a bit of a dude but nah I'm not I'm not sold him in unfortunately now listen cats yes, how sir. about how about right listen you, you we know that these um <laughs> these coastal elites right like Mark and, and Gav <laughs> they're not gonna like our Corn-fed boys, our big I rumbling love boys. boys. Thank you very much. Oh God! Don't say that. Don't say that, Anna. Can't say. Oh Lord! But Kets, three years of gold, right there. Kets, I'm sure I can rely on you to come to the right decision here. I've just got to bring myself back down for that mark. For <laughs> sake. Oh, <laughs> Dallin Holker. Vibe check is sound, my friend Simon. Ooh, okay. Religious mission to Chile for a couple of years. He's married, has a Snickers pregame, listens to Post Malone pregame, worked with five guys for a bit. Well, I say for a bit. He worked there for one day, didn't like the admin and the kind of required health paperwork and stuff that you have to do in terms of uh, you know, like cons- control of substances to health or whatever it is. He, he, worked there for, he worked there for one day and then quit because he was like, no, nah, this isn't my vibe. This is a guy that goes fishing with his dog and his wife at the lake. Corn-fed boy indeed, potentially. That's fine. This guy's a jack of all trades. Um, okay, route runner, reliable hands, hands catcher, not a body catcher, good route tree for a tight end. He's got kind of a weaving running style. He's, he's not your wiggler. He's more of your weaver, as we, we spoke about yeah. last week in the running backs episode. Spectacular one-handed catch on tape for a touchdown, one foot down, full strip, full stretch, ball away from him. There's contested catches against Washington State, as I think you mentioned, Mark. Um, the Hail Mary touchdown he got against Boise State, he held that football until he got home. That's the kind of you know, <laughs> guy. Uh, if I've caught this, I'm defending this ball with my life. I, I love that kind of attitude. He's got a bit of receiving upside. He's got a bit of blocking upside. The, the the question mark I have is, is he a one-season wonder? I didn't necessarily appreciate that about the injury history, so yeah, I'd need to look into that a little bit more. He's more of your power runner. He's, he's kind of a little bit of a trundler, not necessarily a speed guy. But day three value, I've gone with plus one. So I'm with his side in terms of the, uh, the overall value that he adds. A team would need to check into the injury. I wasn't aware of that, but yeah, uh, I'm a little yeah. bit split on that now because you've mentioned that injury, Mark, and I'm like, oh, that puts me off. Like ever wanting to put the sleeper tag on him, but then the storyline of you not liking him that much kind of makes me want to do it more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'll hold off for the moment. Um, just two things, just to come back to uh, one. Just to stress, yeah, he, so he's not hyper-athletic, but he, there's something about that first step. It's not the release after on the route. It's after he gets the ball in his hands. He's almost like a little bit surprisingly like bursty out of that first step. I can't quite... Go watch it on tape, see if you, you see the same thing as me. And then the other thing is, I, I, again, I just want to stress, sometimes you'll see these guys, right, and you'll throw on like the highlight tape right before you get into the game tape, and you'll see a guy that like, oh wow, he's got like one great catch. Like, whoa, whoa. this guy did, had like five or six or seven catches I saw where I was like, oh okay, that's not an everyday catch. 
So mm. I hear what you're saying. One season wonder totally could be. We could be looking at the you know the sigh of the tight end world. But I don't know, man. There's something a little bit special about what he does with his hands. Oh, I don't know. Day three, if you're looking at the board, there's nothing there that particularly excites you, then go and get yourself a corn-fed boy, and Mark will be very happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) He does love his corn-fed boys. I do. Cody Malk. Cody Malk. Uh, So big on Cody Malk. Some people have played the arse trumpet, so to speak. So yeah, I'm high on Hulk. I'm I will reserve the sleeper tag on on Sinet for now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I I am high on him. Plus one, two plus ones and a minus one. Audience, make your own decision. Fascinated to see if uh, Gavin's watching these guys. What he thinks? (laughs) Okay, Uh, where do you want to go to next, Matt? Wow, I mean. It's, it's again. It's tough to tough to kind of say where to go. Who have you got next on your? Well, yeah. So, so I've got two guys left. If you want to kind of do it like that, because yeah, yeah. Who, maybe who, that one... who, which one of you? So uh, the next two guys I watched were uh, Jared Wiley and uh, Brevin Spanford. Well, so... I did not end up watching Jared Wiley. So okay. uh, let's um, let's talk a little bit about Brevin Spanford then. Now. I don't know if you might have slightly different measurables to me, Kets, but I think it's still going to be huge for Brevin Spanford <laughs> mm. out of Minnesota. I currently have 6'6", 267 pounds. I've wow. got 6'7", 267. Oh. I've got 6'7", 270. <laughs> oh, my days. Oh. Okay. Well, let's take 6'7". seven. keeps getting bigger. For this dude, uh, yes. Tune in the combine for an accurate measurement because you're not going to get one on this podcast. Brevin Spanford <laughs> is actually the size of the Empire State Building. <laughs> well, you thought he He's was lit. some sort of when we put him in the chat. What did you think he was again? Uh, it was. Some oh, sort of... did I say he sounded like a brand of wrench? Or yes, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Brevin Spanford. <laughs> it does sound like Spanford is very versatile and can be used in a wide range of environments. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it sounds like. Well, a guarantee. Him and his best mate, Phillips Edge Screwdriver. At, uh, <laughs> at but yeah, no, massive dude, six foot seven, um, as, as I say. Uh, has been in Minnesota. He's a senior from Minnesota. Let's go to kind of like 20, 21 to 13 games, 23 catches, 296 yards. Um, 20 to 22, 12 games, 40 catches, 481 yards. So not... You know, for a big guy, still getting getting himself involved in the uh, in the catching in the um, passing game for for um, for some bits. The physical traits are obviously a plus, are they? Like he's he's just a man mountain of a dude. Um, but you know, we were saying about these tight these big tight ends that love a hurdle in them. We saw the same with Darnell Washington last season. There's there's a beautiful hurdle against Penn State yeah. that this dude has. Um, that was uh, that was absolutely lovely. I think overall, there's a surprising uh, a nice bit of athleticism um to his game um he is that sort of darnell you know this sort of legit red zone end zone sort of threat that we saw that we didn't necessarily see out of uh, washington for the steelers in his first season but definitely in georgia we we saw we saw more of it um another one of these guys that's going to be a nice safety blanket for uh, for a struggling qb i think Loves a quick and easy first down. This guy, I think he's the easy guy to, to kind of target for, for getting those. But, I mean, his blocking, I thought he was a bit of a lumbering 
blocker. I, I didn't feel like he was really polished in the, in that sense. I think there was some uh, there were definitely some guys using his size against him, being able to travel under him and uh, and, and get the better of him. So I wasn't like massively overawed by his blocking, despite the fact he was a big guy. Didn't see a whole lot of yak as well from him from the kind of stuff that he was he was bringing in. Definitely not going to be a sort of downfield threat guy. He's definitely more of your, as I say, quick and easy first down, middle of the field, intermediate, short to intermediate guy. He was, I, I think the word I want to use is he was inoffensive. Like he was, he, he wasn't like awe inspiring. Like you would think he would, the only awe inspiring thing about him is his size really. Yeah. Um, but uh, he he felt a little bit backwards in that you would have thought that his blocking would be the main thing and he wouldn't mm. have the, the kind of athleticism, but actually it's a little bit swapped around with this dude. And it's, it's a really interesting mix, but I've got him at value. I don't think there's anything massively putting me off him, but at the same time, there's nothing that's making me scream out. Oh yeah, let's get this dude. So I, I, I think he's, I think he's very much at value. I know um, steel city was saying that he would, he would love to see him and Washington lined up together outside just to kind of create <laughs> absolute super force of uh, of an offensive line. But um, again, yeah, I just don't know if the guys are beating him a little bit too easy in, in his blocking. So, um, yeah, I've got him at value. Yeah, I the reason it's why I kind of diverted to him as, the, as one of the last guys that or the last guy that I watched was because uh, Tom had mentioned him as kind of being his guy. But mm. Yeah, I mean, to me, again, this is very much... A, we think about Darnell Washington, right? And you were drafting him for the big body, of course, but I think we were seeing a guy who seemed a little bit hyper-athletic for that size and seemed a little bit... Like, like you know, like he offered a lot in the the passing game for his size. We didn't really see that in his first year, but that was what he was being drafted for. To me, you're just drafting this guy because he's a big body. I mean, I'm I'm open to hearing what Tom thinks, but... You know, a 22.5% drop rate, never had 500 yards of production, but also really isn't that polished of a blocker. I'm just quite kind of questioning, like, wh- what is it that this guy does that well? Yeah, that's, um, that's because, what I was sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah very, like, very middle of the road with everything with him. Exactly, like, yeah. yeah. And and to me, it feels like he wants to be a offense more, you know, he wants to be more of a pass catcher than a pure blocker, or at least he wants to do both. But he hasn't really offered a great deal to make me believe that he would be a particularly useful offensive piece in the NFL. Mm. I don't think he's got great hands. I don't. I don't think he's like a natural pass catcher. I don't think he's going to create any separation. So you're kind of relying on him being that. And we've seen that that doesn't really tend to work that well, does it? To just put the biggest guy out there on the field and play basketball. Yeah. Um. It, I mean, it can, but it. You know, how often does that really work? I, so I don't know. I, I'm just struggling to see necessarily what the upside is. Maybe there's a plan here that Tom sees that that I don't. And I could certainly believe that based on my own educated opinion <laughs> compared <laughs> to his. But but yeah, I mean, you obviously got the catch radius, obviously will be a, a red zone uh, potential. But again, we don't really see that come into play with the Steelers, at least, all that often. So yeah, I don't know. Kets, did you watch him? I did. He has got a limited route tree. It's When I say limited, it's outs and it's slants. But... His slant has been responsible for a number of his highlight plays to the extent where I don't think a QB would second-guess where he is. You know where he's going to be. One, two, three, nothing's available. Looking around the progressions, bang, throw it to, to span forward in the kind of the slant, tight end, middle of the field kind of position. He's got decent enough catch radius. 
I don't think his hands are that bad. I think he's got quite soft hands, especially considering the physicality of the guy. So I'm kind of okay on, on that side of things. Yes, he doesn't separate significantly, and that'll be probably more of a weakness at an NFL level. And linebackers at the next level are going to potentially be better at coverage, so that might negate his his kind of good slant route that he has. So, so time will tell as to whether that translates or not. But he, he's that kind of big body tight end. He's got contested catchability. You try and catch a ball against a guy that's six seven, two six seven, or or whatever he's going to measure out. I think just the sheer size of him. Maybe I've not looked at it, looked at it in a as nuanced a way as you guys have. I, I thought he had quite a solid blocking game. He does play like a tackle some of the time because he has. You know, not necessarily the full tackle size, but he's got kind of three quarters of it or two thirds of it. And he does create disruption at the line of scrimmage. So I can see how a team would use him kind of in the run game as well, especially in that sort of road grading kind of position. Again, it's probably easier for him to do it at the Minnesota level than it is at the at the NFL level in a few, a few weeks and months time. But I, I can see him being a, a tight end three, tight end, two projection with some upside and if you've got that big of a frame and that that much of a body to work with then you know surely with a bit of good NFL coaching you can get something out of a guy of that size in the later rounds just because guys aren't necessarily built at that that sort of size and, and frame so it'd be interesting to see how he does at the combine I think um, the vibe check would potentially be be vital for him and we obviously don't necessarily get that to a certain extent but there's some positives. I've got him as at value. I can see why you guys are, are somewhat negative on him. Yeah, a bit of a mixed bag, I think. But, yeah. but you know, six seven two six seven. find the use for him in the NFL, please, at that sort of body well, size. That, that's why I've got him at value, is because of those physical traits. He is going to benefit a team just purely on that. Um, yeah, I just think there's a, a lot of refinement needed to, to some of his games. So. Yeah. So, si, what was your grade on him? I'm gonna I'm gonna go a minus one. Okay. I'm just not sure that I see the role, which is maybe a stupid thing to say for a guy of this size. I suppose that I do, but I don't know. I, uh, show me the guy that of this size that actually goes and does it, and then maybe I'll start reevaluating it. <laughs> I might yeah. I might have that guy. I'm just saying. All right. Oh, all right. Okay. okay. Oh. So we do, uh, Gerard Wiley. If he's the last guy that you've watched, then Sai, and then yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, you. Guys I'll be honest. Know. I'll just put this out there now. With a lot of these guys, I kind of just wrote kind of a lot of high level stuff because I was trying to get through a number of them rather than yeah. We're getting into the back, you know, the going to war and peace with some of these. So, uh, Jared Wiley from TCU, who Uh, six (laughs) six two five three. There is some nice tight end route running. Athleticism's okay. There's some nice cuts on tape. The lead blocking in particular is very hit and miss. Uh, defenders tend to shed his blocks quite easily, almost bouncing off him at times. Um, and, and maybe this this is just a product of the amount of tight ends I'd watch by this particular point. But I've got kind of okay hands, nothing particularly exciting. There was a wide open 81-yard touchdown against Baylor, but it was busted coverage rather than, than, than Wiley being particularly fantastic. Did score a second touchdown again against Baylor and then had a deep completion. But at this point, I'm kind of looking at it going, is it quality of opponent? So from the tape I watched, nothing particularly exciting. Despite actually how positive some of those comments seem when I'm reading it back, I had him as a minus one. So I can't have liked him that much at all. (laughs) 
<laughs> that happens sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, so, yeah, big dude. I, I, look, to me, he seemed solidly athletic for a... Is, how, how, what, did you, what did you have his size down as? Uh, 66253. Okay, yeah, same as me then. Yeah, so so looks... I've got to check these days because, you know, we're so often two inches apart. Looks solidly athletic for a six foot six tight end. Um, doesn't didn't feel overly lumbering to me, to be honest. Um, I thought the long legs actually kind of carried him forward with a bit of a, a gliding grace, like a flamingo, perhaps. And then I actually wrote, "Oh, think of a better bird, swan." <laughs> yeah, so that that didn't I, obviously I didn't read that before I said flamingo. Still. <laughs> Still doesn't have uh, great long speed. I think he will. He he eventually gets caught from behind. But 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 he's one of those gliders, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, maybe like the pelican. Is swan. there a gli- is there a better gliding? Why swan? Does a swan glide? Well, swans glide. They look very seamless. On yeah, but they the don't water. have long. They don't have long legs. It's got to be a long legged. They bird, do under right? the water. Under the water, they're giving it everything. Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah. Give it large under the water. <laughs> what am I talking about? God, it's it's bloody hell, it's late. Friday <laughs> Friday night and. Basically, what I'm trying to say, he's fluidity mixed with size. I felt. I thought. I think he's going to cause problems for linebackers in coverage. He finds nice opening, drifts nicely into to zone soft spots. He's got a knack of being available for his QB. I thought he was a natural hands catcher. He high points the football away from his frame. I wish I saw more contested catches on tape. That's all one or two, but I, I I would like to see him given more opportunities like that in the next level. Um, but eight touchdowns in 2023 should be a red zone machine. Great catch radius. Um, I just think he's a little bit unpolished. I think he's he, like he. I've seen mixed reports again because I think he's a guy who's a little bit higher right now on the PFF consensus. Let me just take a quick look. So, for example, Brevin span forward two hundred and sixty-three on the um, the PFF big board. So we're all the way down there. Whereas you go back to Jared Wiley, he is. Oh no, I tell you, he's all the way down at two four four. It was the other way around. He's low on the PFF board. But 167, yeah, so nine on the bit on the consensus board. So a bit of a gap in how those two seem to see him. But I think that he's kind of a late round guy that I'd be interested in targeting if he does end up falling into the kind of the sixth, seventh round. I don't quite know where he'll end up, but I I, I kind of liked him. I just think he's a little bit unpolished as a like a route runner. He's a bit of a drifter. I don't think he's going to like really separate. But but I don't know. It's like if you were looking for—I don't think the Steelers really are—but I think if you were looking for a tight end kind of three that you think could maybe have a bit of upside, I kind of like his blend of fluid movement, strong hands, and size, and I think it'll lead to him kind of rocketing up boards a little bit in the draft process. But you weren't a big fan, kids. No, no. I'm interested to see what Mark says. I don't I'm, I'm watching and I'm watching watch a little him. bit of him now because I, I haven't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch him, um, but I'm just watching a bit of the Baylor tape. Um, yeah, I'm just seeing. I think I've just seen what you were mentioning there, Kets. Was that the, the was that Bailey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The just come up as uh, as we were talking just there. I don't know. I mean, he's he's another one of these lanky dudes. I was, I was talking about yeah. where he just looks like he's yeah not really got uh, a lot of meat to him. Lines up outside quite a fair few times by the looks of it. I don't think from what I've seen in terms of his like downfield blocking, he seems a little bit almost reluctant to do it. it he's not a good blocker. That's the biggest. No, problem. yeah, he, he's another one of these. I'm a receiver sort of guy, isn't he? He's not. Well, see, I don't know because to me, he feel like he's not like a Jatavian Sanders, right? Who we spoke about earlier, who to me really projected as that thin frame, mm. or God forbid, even a, a Jaheim Bell, right? Who who really is a receiver? I don't know. <laughs> I think he this guy to me has the sufficient frame 
and a little bit of like like strength. To, uh, this is what I mean. I wished I could have seen a few more contested catches out of him. Hmm. I think that would have sold me on him a bit more. Well, yeah, again, just this player, his second touchdown, completely wide open, open yeah, field. Yeah. He does well. Like, he hurdles the guy on the at the end zone to, to get in there. So he does well with it. But um, yeah. It's I a mean, bit of a lottery ticket, I think, hmm. this, this yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, you, you talked, say, about, two, what was he, 260 or 240 to 260. We're almost talking Mr. Irrelevant territory here. We're. T- well, you know, uh, that's four BFF. Into day three. Uh, on the consensus board, he's at one six seven. He's at a peak of one five eight. I, I think he'll go high. up the board. I, I, no, do you know what I think it is? I think he'll test sneaky good. I mm-hmm. think he's. I think he's a pelican glider, as I've said. <laughs> so I think he'll test good, and I think he'll start to rocket up boards because he he's going to look good in um, in underwear. I think he's going to look a little bit thicker than you think. He'll put a bit of weight on. <laughs> Uh, he'll make some nice catches in the in the drills. I, I think this is a guy who you'll see kind of slowly rise up board. TCU is a bit of a sexy school lately. I, this guy sneaks into like start of day three, I could see. Mm. I'm not going to doubt you. He shouldn't be there, but I'm not going to doubt you because I've, <laughs> I've seen I've seen stranger things. Day three, day three is everybody's a little bit weird by that it's point. It's true, yeah. I mean, solid days of drafting. That, like, that's oh. it. Isn't it? Like, they open up day three, and then like you know, the Rams stumble up, jump to the podium, and draft some kicker you've never heard of. Like, it's just, just, it gets <laughs> a little day, bit odd. The excitement of day three is just Mike trying to get on stump the truck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I like. I think I liked him a little bit more than you guys. I, I'm going to go with a cheeky plus one, just because you know he's a lower down guy. I think he's he's a guy I'm going to be rooting for a little bit. Just while I remember, Mark, before it completely skips my um, attention, there's a guy you've been talking about that you haven't been able to find any tape on. Please send that guy to stump the truck this year. Oh, God, are you talking about... um... I don't know. You've not told us his name, but please send his name to stump the truck, and I think you've got a (laughs) half-decent chance there. Because if you can't find any tape on it, that means they might not be able to, so that's good fun. Is that the is that the tight end I was talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah in this cast. Yeah, I yeah, I think I did find something in the end, but um it was it was quite limited, but I'm I'm going to enjoy talking about him a little bit later, I think. Um, okay, cool. but, I'll leave uh, that as a, a spoiler then. Yeah. So, si, what was your grade on Jared Wiley? Uh, I'm going to give a plus 1. Plus 1. Thank you very much. All right. And I will hand over control to you guys to to kind of go through these uh, later on guys that you guys have watched. I mean, I think it's... Uh, is it myself up now? Is it? Yes, remember. sir. Yeah. Shall we go to Theo Johnson out of Penn State? Uh, did you watch him in the end? Yeah. I did. Uh, I have five whole points written about him. Yeah. I... Yeah, so what is it? I've, I've got him down as 66257. That might obviously differ to what you what you have. Uh, 66260. 260, okay, so not too far away from, from where we got. Uh, Mark, I'm, I'm really sorry, could you just repeat the name? I missed I missed that. Uh, that was Theo Johnson out of Penn oh, State. Oh, yeah, he, he was the other guy on my list that I didn't get to, so yeah, please carry on. Yeah, so you want to talk about a guy who's a wide receiver? Initially, this is the guy I thought you were talking about, Sai, because this dude really is a wide receiver, and more to the point, he is an oversized, bang average wide receiver at that. Um, Here we go. Let, let, let me talk about his, his positives. I think his strength is all right. I think he has half half decent receiver traits, if not if not amazing. He, they're, they're all right. I think he's he's definitely a middle of the field threat. 
I think he's going to be another guy that could be a fairly decent uh, security blanket for for guys um, when he's when he's on it. That's about as much as I had in the positives. I thought he was really inconsistent, uh, leaning towards consistently bad at everything he was doing. Any sort of good traits that he has, he can also whiff on horribly. Um, I thought there was some really awkward moments um, that I saw in his tape. I thought he was slow and ploddy. I thought his blocking was very meh. I really, really, really did not like this dude. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, I can't remember. There might be one more other guy in this, but I think this might be my first minus two guy. I'm very, very out on this dude. I did not see... I I didn't see it whatsoever with this guy. I have no idea. Definitely more on the wide receiver than tight end thing. And even then, he's just not a very good wide receiver at that. So, yeah. That's what I was just about to ask you. So you say, so this guy's not a blocker at all, right? You say, because I I, I don't think, yeah, I think his blocking's meh. I I, I didn't really think he was was that good. And, you know, six, six, two sixty, you would think. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, he's just, there was nothing about his game that I enjoyed. Whatsoever. Yeah, because I'm just just as Ketz often does. I'm just 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 shoved on a little bit of tape because I hadn't watched him and I'm just taking a look at. It. And the first thing, obviously, you notice the easiest thing to notice when you first turn on tape is is the athleticism and the movement ability because that that jumps off to you straight away. And, and yeah, I mean, he's not if he is the receiver type, as you say. I mean, he's pretty pretty lumbering for that. Pretty not got the the stop and start mm-hmm. ability at all. Yeah, but please get sorry you watched him, so please go. Yes, no problem at all. So um, I did mention about the blocking game actually heavily involved in the blocking game, but can miss blocks and set angles incorrectly. Yeah. Additionally, isn't able to disengage blocks and become available for a reception, which is often one of the big kind of you want a tight end to block. Okay, deal with that, and then be able to disengage the block and get out for a reception. This guy cannot do that. Yeah. In terms of being a bang average wide receiver, there was a drop early on against Ohio State, so you hate to see that. I think there is some position versatility, either in line or in the slot, or even outside receiver starting position and then working inside. As in, he's literally lining up as a wide receiver and then running a post route <laughs> to, to kind of end up over the middle of the field. Mobility and athleticism is reasonable, but doesn't have explosive burst. That's about as as much as I could write on on Theo Johnson from Penn State. I've gone with minus one overall, so uh, I'm not too far off your mark. I don't think. I do like to offer some perspective, so I'll I'll hit you with a few advanced stats, <laughs> just so I'm involved. <laughs> nice. He he does have a 75 percent contested catch rate. However, he only had four contested catch opportunities, so <laughs> it's a little bit of a low sample size. Only 40, uh, 34 receptions this year, so he's not actually particularly productive. As a result, a lot of the other advanced stats are really pretty poor because he has, just hasn't had a particularly high share of offense. Coming out of the, the Mooth school, of course. But not yeah. quite baby grunk, you would say. No, no, no nowhere near. All right, fair yeah. enough. That was, that was nice and easy. No, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's rattle through a few more like that. <laughs> yeah, good Lord. Yeah, no, he was definitely the worst one I saw out of the lot, in my opinion. Where is he on the yeah. consensus board? Yeah, I was just about to say because he he, um, he would have been in the list if I'd have done it just based on the consensus board as I often do. He is just below Dallin Holker, um, just above Jared Wiley, one six two on the big board. That makes him one two three four five six seven eight tight end eight. Nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Okay, uh, Ketz, Is there anybody? Who else have you? Because I've got. 
I've got one guy that we kind of talked about as being kind of part of that top eight ten consensus, and then mm. two other guys that I kind of want to talk about that are a little bit deeper. Well, let, let's give that guy who's within the top ten consensus his due, but I don't know who that is because I couldn't actually find a, a consensus board that I believed in. Is it Eric Ali? No, it wasn't. Damn it! <laughs> is it Eric All? Is it? Oh, is that his name? I think it's Eric All. Mm-hmm. I yeah, Eric did, All. Did, sorry. did you end up watching Eric All, Kets? Because I didn't end up watching him in I did not. He was on my list. I think he's someone who's worth looking at because I think I think there was a he's time not... where he was quite high up. He's tight and six on the consensus board. Yeah, again... I think he was even higher than that at one point. Um, so I don't know what what happened there. I... I can confirm he's from Iowa, and he's six yep. five two fifty. So I've written down his measurements, but again, I ran out of time in terms of watching him. So uh, Iowa, that's, that's well, some... you know, must be corn fed. Yeah, again, <laughs> two hundred and seventy two on PFS big board is is why he didn't end up getting the look in because overall he fell too far down. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so an interesting so, mix there. I'll be honest with you, Mark. The guys I have left, I have Nesbit, Stogner, and Castles. So, well, shall we talk about Castles? Because that's the one guy that I have there. Okay, no problem at all. I think it's, yep. So, uh, McAllen Castles, that's a very northern way of saying that. Apologies for us southern my fa- listeners. My but... favourite name in the uh, whole class, I think. <laughs> it's a great name, isn't it? He's it from is. uh, the great state of Tennessee. 6.5 and 2.52 is his measurements. He's 24 years old. He's a Cal slash UC Davis transfer. So he's played in a couple of different schools over the years. What did I like about him? I've got him as a plus one. Mm. There was a nice extended catch uh, for a touchdown in the end zone. Uh, Ball placement was very much up and away. It was a full arms sort of stretch to bring it in. That was nice. There's also a lot of kind of low knee or sort of below the waist catches on tape. So not necessarily the best QB play, but um, he was able to get his hands in a range of different kind of positions and still bring the ball in. Um, I think it was quite an impressive sort of lower end in the draft tight end. Good open feel ability um, can kind of do different things in terms of his movement. He can cut on a dime. There's good dukes, there's good spins, there's breaking tackles. He's really quite elusive, and he shouldn't be able to do that at six foot five, two hundred and fifty two pounds. Additionally, there's some nice blocking on his Tennessee tape. So I've got him as a kind of chain mover with physical blocking upside who has the ability to stretch the field. So I am between two guys in terms of who I apply sleeper to. Now I'm just quickly reading my notes on the other guy. <laughs> mm, what do I do? What do I do? Um, well, I think what you should do mm. is after this, we'll go to that other guy. You talk about yeah. him and then you think, is that who do I prefer after talking about him? Do I prefer him over over castles? I think that might be your yeah. best avenue. It would be, but I'm going to go with castles. I'm oh. go dive, dive. There you go. Was no, that a little bit better? I, I, I like <laughs> the fact you did the whoop, the submarine yeah, noise. I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, I had to whack a submarine. I'd there. just like to say, Kets, that is, I mean, this is a true dive now because this is the first guy where on the consensus board we're at an undrafted ranking. Yes, sir. 
UDFA season. Let's go. Hell yeah. That's um, what we like, deep sleepers. Hell yeah. No, I mean, I I like this guy. I did actually have him at value in the end, and I think it was, I think mostly like his stats weren't really the most eye-popping that I saw out of there. I thought I thought they were quite, you know, it, it, I'm not a guy who really relies too much on stat padding and, I, you know, just watching, watching the stats and somewhat, but I did think they were a little bit like, Okay, I was expecting a bit more. Um, the reason he's having to do all those wild catches load out is probably because he has Joe Milton in his quarterback. So that's 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 why he's having to get, catch um, all these ridiculous uh, ridiculous balls. But he's, I, he I thought I'd good. let the, uh, the the listeners join the dots on that one. But yeah, uh, I like the way you brought it up. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I had to bring that in. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, as you say, he's he's got soft hands. His footwork's nice. He's not afraid to get physical. Um, which is like you like to see out of your tight ends, and we we like that. I think he's got decent pace as well. Um, I don't think he. Um, not only does he get low on his uh, catches, I think he gets nice and low on his blocks as well. I think I think he does mm. pretty well there. Yeah, I think there's a few ball handling issues ish, especially when he's cutting back inside. Um, I think his turn and catch isn't the greatest, and I, I think if this guy, I'm not entirely sure if this guy is going to the combine, but if he is. That drill where you're having to turn and catch and turn and catch, I think this is the guy that might struggle at it um, a little mm. bit. Um, I, th- I think that could be a little bit if, a bit of an issue. I think it looked. I don't. I don't think that it was, but it looked a little lazy when he when he was doing it. I, it, it seemed a little bit like that. I it, I could be wrong. It, it could be just a, a numerous different things with that, but. Yeah, I I quite liked it. It's at value with him, and I mean he is a UDFA, so that's not that's not really helping his cause much. Saying that he's at value, but um, yeah, he wasn't like my favourite tie-in that I watched of him. But I I very much enjoyed what I saw out of him, and uh, I think for a, for a low level, I could see him go into the back end of the seventh, maybe middle of the seventh, even as it's kind of a high calf and I, I think he'd do well. I think he'd do, I think he'd do okay as a, as a tight end to read somewhere. Interestingly, Pro Football Network has 2024 NFL combined snubs Ooh. and uh, McAllen Castles is listed on there. Oh, it says there um, he displayed his talent at the Shrine Bowl and has been featured as a day three pick in multiple 2024 NFL drafts in terms of mock drafts. Therefore, his admission from the 2024 combine is a stunner. At uh, six four, two hundred and forty nine pounds, which is slightly different to what I've got him at. That's what I've um, got. His, his frame is good enough to hold up at the NFL level. His strength profile could make him an adequate inline tight end, a better blocker than a receiver. The Tennessee tight end was rarely featured as a pass uh, pass catcher, but when he got the ball, good things happened. But that's probably why the stats weren't like massively eye popping to me as well. Then I think. Uh, that's the problem. You can you can some sort of sometimes get caught up in the in the catch part of the film with a, with a guy and not really focus, especially in the tight ends uh, department. So it's easy, Dom. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's that was what I've got caught up with with Castles. But yeah, that is a bit of a surprise omission. Then I think yeah, he's there a guy who's regularly around there, so yeah, no, he, won't, was... he won't have the problem with cutting back in and uh, catching at least. Was this the guy you were saying like as the top ten guy? No, that was Eric Hall. We didn't oh, watch. All oh, right, I'm sorry, I'm with you. Right, okay. No, I was just because because you know where uh, NFL Draft Buzz, our friends over there, based yes. in Yorkshire. He actually has castles. I was just browsing through my various um, websites I have that have different big boards. He has castles at tight end eight. 
Yeah, he's got Ooh. him. He's got him high up because he's got. I think Dallin Hulk is at six on his. Uh, time he is, yeah. List. He is, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, that that's not too different to consensus. But, but no, no. Castles is. Uh, I mean, I won't even count. Somewhere around the, the fifteen to twenty range <laughs> <laughs> on the consensus board, but but that's interesting because it does sound like, as you say, that he's a guy who's maybe been getting a little bit of buzz, hasn't quite reached the NFL circles yet in terms of getting the combine invite. But if he was at the East West Shrine game and he impressed, I mean that the combine invite, as we've learned, does not matter. You see guys drafted in mm. the third round. Yeah, big big pro yeah. day ahead for him then, I guess at, at Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's why going through this process. And I didn't do it so much last year, and I really regretted it because I didn't enjoy day three of the draft as much as I did the year before. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to the Saturday this year, and you know, having watched a lot of these guys and, and kind of put the work in, as it were, it's it's good. And and I'm glad we go through this process and we are able to kind of draw the attention of the listeners to some of these guys, and you know, whether they take our our thoughts as as read or not. Obviously, that's that's up to them. You know, we're just three guys watch a bit of a bit of tape and come out with some kind of opinions that we hold each other to for the next five years but uh <laughs> you know it's it's good fun this process nice to find a sleeper whether it's you know higher up or, or lower down or some people have him as as kind of higher up which is kind of reassuring that you think well he's got something about him but, and uh, the, do you know the other thing is gets like what do i always say when we get to like just after the draft about the tight end uh, episode that we do every year. I always look back at this one specifically and go, man, the tight end's completely flipped compared to what we thought um, in the early stages. You know, it was only last year, I think, or the year before, that it was like the tight end two when we did this episode, and then all of a sudden he was undrafted because of his uh, 40 time and his comeback. I can't remember his name. So, you know, things will change is what I'm saying. You know, this guy might end up being... You know, it's a day two tight end by the time the process is over. There's a lot of stuff to come. We're very early in the process. So, you know, bear that in mind about these early episodes as well. Cool. Good stuff. Back to you, Mark. Uh, Okay. So, yeah, I've only got a couple of guys left. And they are very interesting. So I am actually going to go, first of all, with my dive, dive, sleeper. (laughs) um so yeah i don't know this is this might be quite a deep one um indeed i've gone for tanner mclaughlin out of arizona hang on i'm Uh, currently searching the web (laughs) (laughs) i wish i wish i had like a little clicky if if you can search the web can you search how old this guy is because that is the one thing i cannot find about this dude is how old he is i think (laughs) give me me the name again sorry uh tanner Tanner mclaughlin out of arizona Arizona, that's the one. Actually, not as deep as Castles. Uh, oh, interesting. Two, okay, two eighteen. Oh, okay. So that's yeah, there's me thinking. Behind, of... One behind Brevin Spanford. Wow. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, because um, yeah, there's there's not a massive amount on this guy, but there is a decent amount of tape on him, and I really really enjoyed what I saw on tape out of him as well. Um, so I've got him down at 6'5", 245, um, joined uh, Southern Utah at a high school. Um, didn't do a whole lot at Southern Utah, but then transferred over to Arizona in 2022. Um, 12 games, 34 catches, 456 yards, 13.4 yards for catch, two touchdowns. Uh, 91.6 QB rating when targeted, Um, just gave up the one sack and two pressures. 
13 games, 45 catches, 530 yards in 2023, 11.8 yards per catch, four touchdowns, uh, even better at uh, QB rating when targeted of 108.3, just uh, giving up four pressures and no sacks um, in 2023. This guy is a guy who is lengthy and puts it to good use. It's it's a guy with really steady hands. Arr. Another one of these guys that does really well at uh, he's kind of the wedding car sort of guy. He sheds initial tackles and he's got guys sort of hanging off him. Um, really really good. Um, his blocking game isn't too bad uh, for for a guy who's quite a late round sort of dude. His blocking's you know pretty pretty decent. Um, you know it's not. I don't think it's the focal point. He's only two hundred and forty five pounds, um, which you know. I say only two hundred and forty-five pound, but for you know that that's a, that's the sort of guy who's, who's going to be more of your pass catching dude, and it, it kind of shows. But he's also yeah got very some some pretty decent blocking ability to him. He's the, the two things I found with him were is he's very smooth. I think he's a very smooth mm. sort of player. I think he smooth he, operator. He is a bit of a smooth operator, but more than anything, he's a competitor. This guy is a fit. I I like my big effort guys. I like my big mm. competitive sort of dudes. Like your comfort boys. It, I do. And <laughs> this this guy is a competitor. Now he broke uh, this season the uh, career reception record for a tight end at Arizona. Anyone want to hazard a guess at who owned that before him? I can't answer because I've just read that and my mouth has been like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Sai, who do you think? Cats, do you want to tell? Uh, it's Mr. Rob Gronkowski. Oh! Broke Gronk's, yeah, career reception record for a tight end at Arizona. That's pretty good company to be a part of, don't you think? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, the, the things that I didn't like about him were pretty, almost petty in a way. Uh, he's a guy who could probably stand to add a little bit of mass because... I don't think it will affect him too much in terms of his speed. I think if he added the bulk on, I think he would still sort of possess a similar speed, but then have the size to kind of back it up as well. And I think it would benefit him a fair bit. And then the other bits that I think are fairly coachable, like he's, you know, he's, he's susceptible to a few bobbles when he's, when he's catching, he's not got the steadiest of hands. They're still steady, but they're, you know, susceptible to a bit of bobbling here and there. So I think he could refine that a little bit. Could, do with a little bit more patience in his blocking as well. Um, I think he kind of gets stuck in and then sort of loses some reps as well. So he, he could require a little bit of that. Um, again, if he's going to be a kind of primarily pass catching tight end, maybe expand the route tree and the variety of, of where he's lining up at as, as well. Um, could see a little bit more out of that. But I think the upside of this dude is is really, really exciting. And I'm very, very intrigued to see where he goes. But if I know tight end isn't a need for us, um, but if we've got a seventh round pick just there, when we've got every piece that we need in here, I was sort of saying similar about um, a guy like Jalen Wright. If we've got a late round pick for him and, you know, we could do with an extra RB3, then yeah, stick him in. I, I would say the same about this dude. If we, if we want to move Connor Hayward to a proper fullback position, and then we leave ourselves with just the two tight ends and a space open for somewhere, and we want to use a low-round draft pick on a guy, I would not hate whatsoever taking this guy as a sort of low-end prospect. Interesting. Um, so a few random facts that I've just learned 
via the means of Google and other websites. Uh, he is Canadian. He was injured on Senior Bowl week or just before Senior Bowl mm, week, so he yes, wouldn't be yeah. participating after sustaining an unspecified injury while training. Slight concern. I don't, yeah. I don't know his age, but by all means, reach out to him on either Instagram or Twitter. <laughs> he has 3,200 followers. I'm sure he might notice your message in and amongst that. <laughs> um, shockingly, he did get an invitation to the Combine. And uh, my friend McAllen Castles was blatantly uh, snubbed. <laughs> Shocking behaviour. Uh, but yeah, interesting uh, prospect. One to, one to go away and have a look at. According to ncsasports.org, he's 24. Yeah, I, I had him kind of pitched around 24, I think. And that was that was admittedly through a little bit of Insta-stalking. So, <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, it, 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 here we go. It says uh, age 24. Primary position wide receiver, secondary position tight end, forty dash four point seven one seconds. Mm, not the great, as I said, I, 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 compared to some of the other guys in here. But it's interesting that they had a had him kind of uh, listed as a wide receiver there. Maybe I've actually got his uh, NCAA personal statement. If you want that as well, oh, I'll, wow. I'll send you that. You can <laughs> go reading that. Of your NCAA personal. I don't know. Got, this dude's got his like sixth grade report card. He's <laughs> got his prescriptions. He's got his ten, yeah, ten meter swimming uh, certificate. Wow. Adam McLaughlin, you, you aren't safe, my friend. Yeah. Not from cats. Nothing safe from cats. Zero um, percent drop rate. Always like to see that. Yes. No. Yeah. How many snaps? <laughs> How many? Uh, I mean, uh, forty-five receptions. Okay. He broke the reception uh, record that held by Rob Gronkowski. Remember, Kits? This is a prolific man. Oh, I will. I will say um, there is there is one slight thing putting me off him now. Reading this personal statement. Oh, uh, there we go. Very inconsistent use of capital letters on the word on the uh, letter I. Uh, oh, in his, in his statement. Trouble in. Yeah, he, his grammar mm. is not the best. Red flag. Yeah. Can't be doing that on an NCAA personal statement. We all know how important that document is. No. I, I yeah, I like the end of it here. I know I can bring something that others cannot bring to the table. My goal is to get better every day. I am a committed young man with a solid work ethic. I mean, he's, so he's put that we, in his CV, isn't he? <laughs> will you please give the committed man with a solid work ethic a grade so we can hold it against you for the fullness of time? Uh, plus, <laughs> yeah, plus one sleeper grade for me on this one. Plus, very good. One. I'm surprised he was um, higher than Castles. Yeah, he's uh, he's on PFF's board where Castles isn't even on it. I mean, that's one difference. <laughs> he, he he seems to be a touch higher, but who knows where he'll end up? Well, he got he got invited to the combine, so yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, any? I don't know how many more you guys have got. I've got two more. Okay. I have uh, one very very deep <laughs> guy, but uh, yeah, you get you okay. go for it, Kets. I've got uh, well, I've got either. Uh, Nesbit or Stokner? Have you got either of those? Two? I've got neither of those uh, guys. I was going to look at Nesbit, um, but I didn't quite get the chance to. So I'd be uh, intrigued to hear a little bit about Nesbit. Okay, so Bryson Nesbit, uh, North Carolina, six five two three five. Um, he is a junior. He is lighter than other tight ends. Now I've got the comment: Is he a tight end or is he a big-bodied wide receiver? He doesn't line up on the line of scrimmage and can't be used for blocking. 
and North Carolina stopped using him in that role. So I think that kind of almost answers the question um, for you there, listeners. But he is a big slot guy. He is a zone weapon. He does have good athleticism. He's got nice long speed and, and can separate. Does have yards after the catch ability. Does have reliable hands. Um, he was very much a, uh, a sort of a Drake May weapon. Um, 41 receptions. 585 yards and five touchdowns. So I've got him as a kind of round four slash five value. I'm I'm now reading that back and looking at my value as I've got him as at value, so I might might drop into round six. Um, but definitely around uh, a day three guy, um, more of your kind of receiver than your your kind of blocking tight end. Um, but yeah, I've got him as an at value. So I watched a bit of him, not necessarily too much, but. Uh, yeah, okay, okay. Overall, I would say. I, w- I will say I just stuck on um, a little bit of Nesbit's. Um, it was kind of the first video I saw on YouTube. The first thing I see out of him, um, he's obviously yeah lined up, lined up in the slot, burst out, about to cut outside, and just trucks a dude like absolutely smashes a dude onto his ass. It's an absolutely beautiful uh, piece of play there. He doesn't end up getting the ball from May, but um, yeah, that's a he- that's a hell of a way to start a. Uh, a video like that, so um, yeah, I, I, I think I'll uh, give this guy a little bit of a little bit of a watch. Guys, I need some. I cannot even find this guy on the board. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this? <laughs> We've gone rogue. What's this guy's name? Bryson Nesbit. Bryson, where did you find this guy? Just he's... various lists. Yeah. Okay. He plays he's... For okay. Right. Uh... Where is he on draft buzz? I'm sure he was. That's stopped... what I'm trying to look for. Stogner was quite high on draft, but Stogner but, uh, I found. I did find Stogner. Is this guy even coming the, out? We've reached the Simon <laughs> searches for names part of the podcast. Well, no, I understand, <laughs> but I'm just I, I can't even find this guy on the like. He's not even on the big board. We've gone totally rogue. Uh, are we sure this guy is coming out? Are we 100 percent certain? Well, if not, I've watched two guys that aren't coming out. <laughs> that is the case. <laughs> Uh, I will. Uh, I mean, he could, he could be. I don't know, but he's not on the big board, so I don't know. Um, I'm going to find his Instagram because he's probably on there. <laughs> Does anyone out there know if Bryson Nesbit will be at the draft? Anyone? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, Kets. I don't know if he. Uh... he, he there we go. So he's a player to watch per PFF. Okay, so that's where they are. So he is. 11.8 yard average depth of target, sixth highest among Power 5 tight ends. He averaged the fifth most yards per route run in the country and hits athleticism metrics. Uh, Despite playing in a crowded tight end room, he showed some very dangerous flashes. A lot of work needs to be done as a blocker, but his athleticism is off the charts. There's various other... If you search his name on on Twitter, a load of tape comes up showing kind of some Drake May to, to Bryson Nesbitt touchdowns on there. So people are saying he's a fun watch. Um, some wicked ball placement from Drake May on this touchdown. Uh, phenomenal ball tracking from Bryson Nesbitt too. Two of the top prospects at their position in the 2024 NFL Draft, according to Bobby Football, whoever he is. <laughs> Good old Bobby. Breakout, breakout season on the horizon for Bryson Nesbitt per PFF College. That was last year, so that was May 23, saying he would have a breakout season. So... So he confused me then. He retweeted one of his other players that had gone back to college. I'm determined to find <laughs> out if this guy's come out for the draft. I, I, I feel like he's... I'm not seeing any confirmation. 
Hmm. Okay. Oh, I'm I'm sweating now, Slally. Mark, talk about someone else, and I'll. Uh, <laughs> if this guy's coming out or not? That, that's the thing. I've, I I tried to search because, like, if you just do like Google News and whatnot, you're usually yeah, able to find, find an article. It, yeah. But yeah, usually, same. you'd also find an article about them going back to school. I can't find anything mm. about Bryce and Nesbitt. <laughs> it just doesn't exist. I found it's... one article that was talking about UNC, who's back and who's out. But he was even in the bit that says what we don't know yet. <laughs> I was like, this is so infuriating. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, I, anyway, we've devoted way too much time to, to be Bryce honest. And he is only twenty-one, according to this. His birth, his birthday, according to Carolina Football, tweeted him on the twenty-fifth of September. So we know that that's his birthday. And on NFL Draft Buzz, he is listed in the twenty twenty-five class. Ah, okay. But oh, mock draft guy on Twitter, um, yeah. who's got quite a thing, um, has highlighted him, and. <laughs> Maybe. It seems like maybe even the draft community isn't sure if this guy's eligible. Yeah, God, who knows? Uh, bloodlines. <laughs> his mother that... Tara played soccer at South Carolina. Oh, what? Oh, nice. And his father, his father Jamar Nesbitt, played college football at South Carolina and in the NFL for eleven seasons as an offensive lineman. I tell you what, how silly is everyone else going to feel next year when we're so far ahead on Bryson Nesbitt? <laughs> Welcome to UKSP Summer Scout in 2025. In the winter. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, uh, I, uh, now I'm seeing other guys saying I don't think he's in the draft. I think people are genuinely confused as to whether he's in the draft yeah. or not. That, that just goes to show, doesn't it, how early we are in this process in the grand scheme of things. And he's still available okay. to get on mock, mock drafts as well. So I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah, so well, he, he, he may be on Madden, he may be on uh, NCAA football when it comes out next yeah. year. We're not really sure, but we've well, covered him anyway. Listen, You're welcome, Bryce. I, I hope we can give him the space he needs to decide if he will or will not be coming out for the NFL draft. I'm, I'm gonna message him and say, We're not sure if you're coming out or not. Please, can you confirm? <laughs> yeah, well, let's get the, like, can we get the scoop on this? Can we announce? Can we announce this? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez. Okay, right. Well, that's another guy gets watched who uh, might not be in this draft, but uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Mark? <laughs> um, well, he, let me give you a guy who definitely is in this draft, but uh, good luck finding this. So there is a there is a deep sleeper that I heard about um, get a little bit of promise. Here we go. Well, I said deep sleeper last time, and then he turned out to be uh, not as deep as, as uh, Ketz is. So I nearly did sleeper this guy, to be honest. But there are, there's an obvious reason why I didn't in the end. So, um, yeah, a guy went to the East West Shrine Bowl and uh, showed some real promise there. He's six foot seven, two hundred and sixty pounds, and his name is Mason Pline, and he is currently at playing for the Furman Paladins. Now, who? Exactly. Who are but you know the Furman Paladins? Kets they went to the national championship this year. <laughs> who are yeah? Who are Furman? Well, they were in the uh, Southern Conference um, alongside the likes of Western Carolina, Mercer, Chattanooga, East Tennessee State, and Virginia Military Institute. I believe that's what the VMI stands for. Uh, VMI coincidentally had my uh, Red Star long snapper from last season. So there's a little uh, fun uh, fun thing for you there. That's why I recognised them. I was like, oh, yeah, I recognise the VMI uh, thing. Um, but yes, you can so, see now why this guy probably isn't my sleeper because the quality <laughs> of the uh, teams he's up against is what not... What's the guy's name? 
it's not so great. So his name is Mason Pline. Yeah, so Furman okay, was right, at Ferris right, State. Right. Again, if you can find an age for this dude, then fair play. That's great. That that would be mo- most handy. This dude's huge. Like <laughs> this dude is absolutely massive. He used to play basketball at Ferris State um, before going over the football, and it shows because he's a guy who just can leap up, get a ball. You know, he's probably playing with a pretty naff quarterback who's going to be throwing it well over his head. Well, he's got it covered because he can he can grab that ball and bring it in very well. He's got a history of winning. Like he won second division titles at Ferris State. He managed to uh, help his Furman team win the Southern Conference and get into the playoffs in in that sense. Um, I don't think they did very well in the playoffs when they got there. But from what I've seen of the guy, and you know, the tape's not massively out there but there is some tape out there he's got very nice hands he's got good hips for a guy of his size he's a very good runner for the guy of his size i think his basketball background sort of helps him in there as i say it's it's a it's a limited sample size of what i've seen but from what i've seen like this i i could see this dude sneaking in the back end of the seventh round i i think this is a this is a massive dude who can give you a lot of massive upside as a tight end three on a team. Now, obviously, he is playing nobodies, and it is going to be an issue of how will that translate to the NFL. It might not translate too well. He did actually have one sort of... Uh, he did, they did play um, South Carolina um, at the start of uh, the 2023 season. Um, I'm not sure if that was like a... Just did it. I'm not entirely sure how it works with it, um, but he didn't really. He wasn't massively productive in that. I think he was more blocking because his, his receiving is kind of uh, on the lower end of things. But I mean, he is getting games where he's getting 22 yards a carry in some in some circles, and uh, yeah, getting getting some pretty decent numbers there. So I, I just think he's a guy that he isn't going to get drafted high at all, if at all. But as a UDFA pickup, I think he actually be a nice little addition to a team. And I think he'd be a nice little addition to our Steelers team as well. Definitely, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter say, this is a this is a practice squad guy you really want. Like, th- this is this is a dude that you really want to get on, on your practice squads and, and uh, you know, hopefully develop him into something um, a little bit more than that. So, yeah, he's he's deep, but I th- there's, a, there's promise there. There's definite promise there. So he was a Shrine Bowl invitee. I'm trying to think of the right word. I'm just watching now on his, and I only know this because he's retweeted it, which is quite useful actually. <laughs> but Furman against Montana, they are 21-28 down in the fourth quarter with literally seconds to go. And with 13 seconds to go, he catches a ball in the end zone. His quarterback, to be fair, is kind of hit and he's sort of stumbling backwards slightly as he throws. But he throws the ball to Mason Pline, who sort of jumps vertically and fully extends his arms into the air and just kind of plucks this ball out the air beautifully. Uh, it's a really nice play. Just watching the that, back. He's like a full like stretch, manages to get one foot down in the end zone as he's kind of falling over. He's, he's clearly, you know, exerting himself. It was a nice 14-yard um, yard touchdown. I think Carson Jones is his quarterback, so give that guy some, some kudos as well. But... Uh, mm. Yeah, maybe we need to watch some some Furman Paladin football next year because it's hell of a name. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 
It's a good time down there by the looks of it. Yeah, they ended up losing that. So that was their playoff game that they ended up losing in overtime against Montana. Um, but uh, he was, he was a hell of a dream, Mark. Well, he was a hell of a lot more productive in that game than um, most of the season as well. So he actually got like over double. He, was, he got nine receptions for 78 yards uh, in that game. So he was definitely used a lot um, in, a, in a big time game. So that's always good to see, I think. But uh, yeah, nice. I, yeah, I just think UDFA wise, maybe even very back end could be a Mr. Irrelevant shout. Not a bad, not a bad dude. It's not funny. You, dude. Can, you, you can... You can click on um, the school on uh, Mock Draft database, and it t- it's like it gives you like the, the draft uh, classes of uh, all the years and what have you. It, it's great because it's just uh, no players from the twenty twenty three recruiting class, no players from the twenty twenty two recruiting class, twenty twenty four draft class. One player, Mason Pline, projection hey. UDFA. Hey. <laughs> it's one of those like for some of these schools to have one guy drafted. Yeah. He's like going to basically have part of the school named after him. Yeah. It's that kind of... <laughs> yeah. I love that, man. That, that's such a cool part of like... It is culture. what's cool about it. Yeah, you're right. It's the the it's wild that you've got like a team like Alabama has got 110,000 people watching every game and they play the same... Like It's the same thing. It's the same guy, the same mm. concept as being drafted. You know, a guy from Furman who probably plays in front of 50 dudes and a dog. And This is like the sort of like the FA Cup in, in soccer. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Manchester United will play some team from a village no one's ever heard of that everybody's got to actually Google. Where the hell is this random village that's managed to qualify for the third round of the the FA Cup? It's kind of that sort of thing, but on a it's it's the college football version of that, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they, they haven't they haven't had a player uh, taken in the draft firm and since twenty fourteen. So it's been ten years mm. since they uh, had one. Dakota Dozier um, went to the Jets, um, but. Uh, um, yeah. Oh, Jerome. Uh, do you remember Jerome Felton, fullback? That went to the Browns. No, oh, Dimitri Felton. Yes, Dimitri. Yeah. yeah. No, um, he was. Uh, I think he was drafted by the Lions and and was part of uh, Adrian Peterson's. Like he was. He's part of the Vikings when Peterson was uh, successful. But he was a Furman uh, guy as well. Um, nice. So, just for completeness, Mark, please can you confirm your grade on Mason Pline? I'm going to give him a plus one. And uh, yeah, he was he was close to being my sleeper, but I just think with the level that he was playing at, it might have been a stretch <laughs> to, uh, to go I'm... with it. But uh, yeah, it's stuck with um, McLaughlin in the end. But uh, yeah, I, I like this dude. That's fine. Okay, let me round off then uh, with Austin Stogner from a slightly more heard of uh, college. Uh, he's from the University of Oklahoma. Um, transferred from Oklahoma. He played three seasons at Oklahoma, then went to USC, which is South Carolina, um, and then played for them for a year and then came back for Oklahoma. So he's kind of a five-season senior, one of these kind of players that's played forever. Um, Has started 20 of his 46 career games. 10 of 34 of those were for the Sooners has caught 67 passes for 864 yards and nine touchdowns, eight of which were at OU. This season, he started all 12 games, caught 17 passes for 196 yards and a touchdown. Now, the reason his stats aren't necessarily that great is because he's uh, he's more of your kind of blocking, blocking tight end. He's a keen blocker. 
he's all over the field trying to find someone to block on, anyone he can get his hands on and push out of the way. There's one snap in um, the Florida 2021 tape where he blocked two guys on the same snap. So that, that gives you an idea. Very much a physical player. He, he's kind of athletic as well, climbs to the, the second level to make uh, blocks, allowing Rattler to get into the end zone on one of his uh, kind of rushing touchdowns. Good football IQ to catch um, deflected passes. Typical tight end route tree. Um, as I say, primarily a blocking tight end. Has caught passes in the end zone, contested or in traffic. Um, kind of catches. He did block a lot for South Carolina as well. He was kind of a higher tempo pro style offense. Um, he did say on, on tape, God knows why I'm watching uh, interview tape of someone potentially this far down. He missed the culture of Oklahoma. He does seem quite mature. And he said, uh, it's not my job to take plays off, which I quite liked. So, yeah. Austin Stogner, 66258. I've gone uh, with plus one on Stogner overall. Now, believe it or not, Kurtz, and I don't think this is really in the spirit of it, in fairness to Mark, but technically on the consensus board, <laughs> seven spots lower than Mason Pline. <laughs> Really? <laughs> wow. Who knows wow. why that is? Who knows why that is? Maybe that's just that someone has, has seen Mason Pline and included them in a, a mock draft that's outweighted it a little bit. Because this, this is very low down. Blimey. That's, that's the weird thing, because I've heard Stogner, and I was, I, was, I was thinking of possibly watching Stogner as well. So, yeah. Blimey, eh? Well, my, yeah. My uh, my deep sleepers aren't as deep as uh, I, I like the Furman element though. I think I still think that's the, <laughs> the true sleeper. <laughs> oh, I, I think I think no one can say we've not covered this class in sufficient detail. Yeah, you know, I must say I went into this thinking like, oh gosh, am I going to get through enough? And I, and and actually looking back, I think I really did. And then I, I don't know what you guys were doing this week if you were like you know snorting some of that stuff that people take to study hard. I, I don't know what you guys have been up to, but fair play to you. Um, just just for completeness, by the way, um, Ketz, uh, it was actually Tyler Huff was the quarterback that threw that uh, pass to to Mason Pline. Just to uh... okay, sorry, I stand corrected in a big spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I just saw it. Just saw it pop up in here. But um, yeah, no, it, it's strange that we've managed to again. I, we we did have a lot of uh, news to cover beforehand as well, so it's kind of eaten into the time. But you know to to get three hours out of this basically to really get <laughs> sort of two and a half, yeah, two and a quarter hours out of uh, this tight end class, a class that on the surface looked a little bit uninspiring outside of Brock Bowers. But in actuality, as yeah. you said, Sai, at the start, there's a lot of guys in the middle of this class that are really, really nice, uh, nice guys that could be really decent early day three pickups. Yeah. And, and, and interestingly, Three guys, just to highlight, obviously, we didn't cover Eric All, tight end yep. from Iowa. We didn't cover Trey Knox out of South Carolina, 6'3", 239. And a guy that uh, Tom mentioned to me, Zach Hines from South Dakota State, who is 6'6", uh, 264. So so uh, he said he was a, a sort of deep sleeper potential as well. And then you've got Johnny Wilson. Is he a tight end? Question mark, 6'7", 237. So we might cover him more in the receivers podcast. But, yeah, I don't. Uh, I definitely want to cover him on the wide receivers because yeah, I've heard the same same sort of rumblings. Interesting. Okay, we'll leave we'll leave that where it is then. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. No worries. 
a few things to shout out. Uh, first of all, I like to go right to the bottom of the consensus board and shout out the guy at the bottom of the position. So shout out Alex Larson, the tight end from St. John's, Minnesota University, I believe. SJU. Shout out to Orclave, both for winning the sevens, and I have not forgot about Orclave's puzzle corner. It just it just so happens we keep doing very long podcasts, but we will get back <laughs> to it. And what was the other thing I wanted to shout out? I forget now. Oh, oh, and shout out to Tom for sending in all your thoughts. I think I accidentally skipped over some of them because I was like all mismatched between my notes, so apologies, but I appreciate you always sending those in, Tom. Can I just say, if Tom ever wants to come on the podcast, he is the most welcome human on Absolutely. any podcast that has ever existed. <laughs> I actually Very much lovely him, yeah. to talk to the guy. I messaged him about Mason Pline uh, before this, just to just to find out if he had any thoughts on him, and uh, he did as well. He he, uh, he did have some uh, things to to say about him, so that was nice. pretty cool. An I endless, love the work that guy puts in. Absolutely, oh, yeah. an endless fountain of knowledge. So yes, always very welcome. Um, but I, I'm also, con- I said this to Gab before, I was like, you know, let some people just listen if they want, right? <laughs> I don't yeah. want to force yeah. anyone <laughs> on the show. But uh, obviously, Tom, open invitation, we'd love to have you. Who was okay. his sleeper, by the way? Did we get? Uh, it was uh, Bryce uh, uh, Spevin, uh, what, what was his bloody name? Stogner. <laughs> no, um, no, higher up. Hang on. Oh, um, Bre- oh Brevin Spanford, yeah. Brevin Spanford, thank you. Oh, that was his sleeper, yeah. Cool. Yes, yeah. Okay. All right, well, uh, follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at I wrote this. Follow Gav. Uh, oh, Gav isn't here. He doesn't get it. Ooh. Ooh. Follow Gav if you're on a blue run somewhere in Austria. <laughs> <laughs> Bad attendance will not be rewarded. Uh, follow Mark at Mesh NFL. Follow Gets at Gets UK. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next week. Don't know what we're doing yet. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll let you know. Maybe. (laughs) See you later, guys. See ya. Cheers, guys. Go Steelers!